The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hello, I'm Bruce Boxleitner of Lantern City. I'm Tron, and you're not. And you're listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. And this is an episode of Nerdy Show Prime. Nerdy Show Prime are our big blockbuster episodes where we take one single topic and ram it into the ground with furious might. This episode, we're talking about Mega Man. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Brandon. I'm Doug. I'm Josh. And I'm Jonna. Why are we talking about Mega Man? Well, there's a couple reasons. There's been a lot of activity in the Mega Man universe after a certain amount of dead space. Some big things are afoot, and also because a nerdy show listener named Arceus asked us to do a Mega Man microsode. So we started looking into doing that and put out a bunch of feelers, and everybody said yes. So we ended up with a bunch of interviews, and this microsode has turned into a full-blown Nerdy Show Prime episode. We're going to be talking with the Proto-Men, obviously the most infamous notorious badass mega man based rock group around i would say almost like even even not including mega man not stuff, including yeah. most the most the most notorious video game band at the moment mm-hmm. of all time maybe quite possibly let's, let's go for it not yeah. even video game the most notorious band <laughs> they do non-video game songs that are amazing do they yes yeah well they Queen. covered meatloaf. They covered, yeah, they covered oh, uh, oh, Danger yeah, Zone. Well, I, I mean, I mean, oh, I, you uh, lost your mind during the Danger Zone. Yeah, I, I, I own the Queen album. I don't know what's <laughs> what are you talking about. I don't know. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Brett Elston, one of the Capcom community managers over at Capcom Unity, and the brains behind two Mega Man themed albums coming out this year. One filled with all new Mega Man remixes, and one filled with Mega Man rock songs. Some you know, and some that are brand new, including one from the Proto Man. But that's not all that's going on with Mega Man right now. A man who's often associated as the creator of Mega Man. In fact, he's one of the founders of Mega Man, but uh, he may as well be the creator. His hand has been in in Mega Man's robotic innards for quite a long time. Inafune-san, he broke away from Capcom a number of years ago. Now he's starting his own game, one that's very much based in the heart and soul of what made Mega Man great. It's called Mighty Number 9, and it's... One of the most successful video game Kickstarters of all time. It's not done yet. It's currently ongoing, and it's amazing. So we're going to be talking about all those things. Mighty Number no. 9, the new Mega Man albums from Capcom, and everything in between. Why Why Mega Man? What makes that little blue childlike robot so great? The Pinocchio of the video game universe, why is he so cool? It's a good question. I think, well, for me at least, it was, it was the first game where I felt like it wasn't scripted. Like that, I mean, you have the bosses, and you have, but you can do it in whatever order you want. You can choose your own, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can choose what power to use when, um, and it was, it was, it was really up to you how you went through the game. And that was, I mean, as a little kid, I couldn't, like, I didn't understand Zelda yet. I haven't, you know, I was, I was, uh, Zelda didn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was too young. But, but, but Mega Man, it, it, it's like he shoots lemons, 
And, uh, <laughs> and, and, does. But, you know, and I suck I, at this level, so I'll just do a different level. Exactly. So you go yeah. through, you kill Cutman, you get, you get the, the thing that you're like, oh, I can do what that guy did? And then you look at the other robot masters very... Very so you yeah. play all seven till you remember which one it works against. Exactly, but then but then you look at them all and you go, "Oh, this is up to me now." I thought that was really empowering as a little kind of like a little bounty hunter, which is all these faces up on the wall, and you're like, <laughs> "That guy, that guy's going down." Mm -hmm. And then you suck, <laughs> and then you got to learn to be better. But that's the thing you learn to be you learn to be better. Yeah, and they're and they're unforgiving. Yeah, I mean it's, yeah. it's completely unforgiving. But I think that's what kept me playing it. Mega Man is a big reason why so many of us are so sore about games being so easy these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it was, yeah. I was, was sore back then for it being difficult, and now but I'm now sore about it, games it being easy. Us. We can yeah. handle it now. It's true. Yeah. The, the new generation complains about shit all the time, and it's like, oh, we need, we need walkthroughs, and we need guides, and we need fucking pop-up hints to tell us to press an A button on a thing <laughs> where obviously you can only press an A button, and it's retarded, and Mega Man didn't have any of that hand-holding bullshit. And you figure it out and you play and you it was, it was challenging. Yeah. Times there was no you tutorial. Do. You play that and you get your shit killed, you get owned, and then you just keep doing it over and over again. And to it's fair, a blast. The, mm -hmm. for, as far as difficulty goes, I think I think it shared the spot with Ninja Gaiden as far as oh, like, yeah, yeah. hardening mm -hmm. our well, I mean, souls. I mean, there was a ton of NES games that, just NES games in general were mm -hmm. ridiculous. But nowadays, not so much. Games that are reasonably hard. Mm -hmm. Easier but, than Contra. Yeah. Did you guys know <laughs> that like, Mega Man was uh, Capcom's first console exclusive game? No, no. They were uh, strictly arcade before that, mm. and uh, so they, you know, they got together a relatively small team, uh, six people, to uh, create the first Mega Man. The background on it is uh, Kaiji Inafune, um, who I mentioned earlier. He he was just out of college. He uh, started on the Street Fighter team, and uh, he got pulled in to design and illustrate almost all the game's characters and enemies, uh, and also render them as sprites. The character of Mega Man was uh, it was sort of he was co-created by uh, Inafune-san's mentor, Capcom senior member Akira Kitamura. He he created Rock's design before Inafune joined Capcom, but then Inafune came on and was just essential to like the core look and feel of Mega Man from the very beginning, all the way till when he left Capcom a number of years ago. So who was responsible for the bad box art? <laughs> uh, the uh, Capcom America. I believe, because it was completely different over in Japan. Japan oh, yeah. has some badass art. It's, it's pretty it's cool. It's like that with a lot of different franchises. But, but I actually, I thank them for that terrible art. I love it's a, it. It's amazing it's terrible. It's so iconic at this and, point. And they mm -hmm. used the Mega Man from one of the terrible box arts in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. So it, it it, you mean, you mean um, uh, Capcom vs. Tekken? Yeah. Was Cap it Capcom? No, no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was Tekken X Street Tex, Fighter. Tekken X Street Fighter. Street Fighter unlockable. Yeah, I don't talk about Tekken. Yeah. But uh, the I think I think the the thing that's interesting about that cover, even though it's terrible, it, objectively terrible, oh, yeah. uh, is that is that it it, it filled a kind of uh, art niche at the time, which mm -hmm. which was which is very big in in uh, sci-fi books. Like you'd see it as cover art in uh, on a lot of you know crazy uh, Flash Gordon style mm -hmm. uh, right. sci-fi novels, and and for, and that was enough for a lot of people. Like they they took a look at it and went. Oh, it's a sci-fi shooter. Exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah, like that. I mean, I, I mean, I think it, it obviously worked for him. The game was successful, but uh, I think that's kind of a cool little happy accident. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. that they brought it back with uh, Mega Man Nine. Yeah, yeah. and Ten. Yeah. And oh 10. God, the Ten cover is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. But you you couldn't you couldn't realistically call that bad box art. Like no, it's, it's just badass box art. Yeah, it's, bad it's, it's, it, it went from bad to badass <laughs> box art. It's like yeah. the it's like the the original poster of Star Wars. You know, it's yeah. really cool. I just love it. it's like they always make him hold like a laser pistol or a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he clearly has a fucking cannon on. on his arm. Yeah. They never 
It's like like make he's a also dude. like a human being, not not yeah, a he's, robot. He's a dude, like, <laughs> he's a dude, a dude in, in like a wetsuit. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, hey, gun. Doug, I thought it was Mega Man, not Mega fucking robot. Mega robot. <laughs> what mega the fuck? Well, how is the fighting, most mega I'm, of dudes a you. robot? When, when I'm when I'm playing Mega Man, I'm fighting for humanity. Not, I'm I'm killing the machines. I got to be a Mega Man myself. Well, yeah, you're playing. If you were playing in Japan, it was just called Rock Man. Yeah. you'd be like, why is that guy? Why does he look like a person? I thought he was supposed to look like a rock. Is it, is it, like, is it, Guts Man like, is really Rock Man. Like he's he lifts the rocks and throws them. <laughs> yeah, or you just say you look like Rock. Like you have to look like the Rock Biter is what you'd be expecting to see. This game is about a Rock Man, and then I see something that either looks like Ben Grimm. Or the rock biter <laughs> that makes sense, but if it looks like a dude holding a pistol, I'm like, what the fuck is he called Rock Man well, for? Hey, well, or maybe it's because the game came out in the 80s, mm -hmm. right? In the 70s, the film Rocky came out, and they wanted a plucky underdog, and they call him Rock the whole movie. It's a musical mm -hmm. motif. That's what the name. Well, are. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for ruining our fun with the, with the right answer. By the way, here's I a, really here's a like, fact. I'm so sad that they didn't do that in the U.S. because I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I like the name Mega Man, but I really rock, like blues. rock man. Blues is bad. No, yeah. I didn't get to finish. So I treble said and bass. But that with, with, we had treble and bass over for a while. There. I was like bass. His name's bass. It but over make in sense. what was it in Japan if it wasn't treble and bass? It was. Oh, oh I know this. Oh, oh forte and. Uh, Mozart. Gospel. Gospel and Forte? Yeah. Okay. Really? yeah I believe. Cool. Do you guys uh do you guys know man, some I mean, of the original <laughs> names that Capcom was considering for Mega uh, Man? The only the one I know is Rainbow Man. Yep. That's that's, 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 that's objectively a good name for Well, because he changes colors all the time with every weapon. Yeah. You don't know that when you first start the game. So you're like, what is this? He doesn't But you know, then you find out and you're then, like, oh, it would be oh, much more interesting oh, American Man. I would like to see the box art for Rainbow Man of like just this this like, you know, probably the guy from the cover of the American Mega Man box, yeah. but like in this sort of pose of of uh, just opening his arms and he's just this technicolor clusterfuck. That would have been awesome. <laughs> this makes me think of just LJN games, which is terrible. <laughs> but the, the, the funny thing is, is, did you guys ever play the Turrican games on no. Genesis? They have like the same style of like Boris Vallejo, like uh, a super sci-fi thing. And the man is just wearing a silver suit, but it's like perfect silver. And he's holding a little ray gun. And it's just exactly, I don't know why. It's just, <laughs> just it, like the bad box art, basically. Yeah, like, so it, it evoked in me feelings of Mega Man. So I bought it, obviously, and then <laughs> put it in. Well, I mean, I, I asked my parents for it. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I popped it in the Genesis and was disappointed forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so, so then, what is, this, back to the question what is it about Mega Man? We described, all we really did was describe the game mechanic. It's not that he's a robot, because I didn't even know he was a robot when I played right. the first yeah, I didn't, I didn't He's either, a dude yeah. in underwear with a blue hat. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the, game mechanic, the game mechanic is what we like about Mega Man. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. But, but, think, but, like, is, but is, there, is there something deeper to it? Why The game mechanic itself has changed a little bit over the years, but like, what is it about it, it that keeps it people coming back? It changed and got horrible, but then they brought it back and it was amazing. <laughs> I, I think... Opinion. I think the 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 thing is, I think that's enough. Like, I I really do think that's enough. And then they kept the story so simple, right? Like, it's just too. I mean, originally Wiley didn't even look evil. He was just a guy with glasses, and he had like a bowl cut, a mustache, and, and whatever. Yeah, and he was and he was just a normal dude. And then they're like, no, nah, we're we're making him Albert Einstein evil. Like, right, right. Mm. You know, I, I think I think it's just the fact that the story is so simple. It's like, hey, he wants to take over the world. Go go fight him. And that's good enough for people to put whatever they want on top. <laughs> it's, and it's, like it's by good. the time the second game came out, I know for me, I got kind of addicted to it because you're like, oh, there's new Mega Man game. There's eight new like robot masters. What kind of powers are they going to have? How are they? How am I going to use them? How cool and, are and they going to be? I didn't know. And it's much more confusing compared to the original Mega Man. Like Fireman, you you know what you're, you're like. I'm using that shit on Iceman. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Heat Man, <laughs> like Heat Man's a nuclear bomb. You know, it's not. It's, it's, it's like who it, do I use Heat Man? So on? I guess it's it's establishing a very clean, clear gameplay mechanic, and then being like, now that you know how to do that, 
here's the same gameplay mechanic, but with different powers that you don't know what to do with. So it's like a constant, ever-changing puzzle. And this well, time you can't just guess based on the names. Yeah, but but yeah. it also, it also uh, Mega Man 2, I think, was the real start of them deciding that not just the look of the level, but the mechanics of how the level plays has to depend on the, on, on the boss you're fighting, like Bubble Man, you're underwater. Air Man, I mean, I, I shouldn't have to go into that. That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and Crash Man, you're in, the, you're in the construction site. And all this stuff really matters for the kind of robots you're going to fight mm-hmm. and, this, and this kind of thing. And I think that's where it really took it to 11. Well, that's the thing, too. is like uh, when uh, – because you – I remember playing – I think it was Big Man number 9 or 10 on, on your PlayStation after mm-hmm. you download them or whatever. I can't remember who it was because I don't remember the names of the Robot Masters for the two newest ones. But the one where you were on those magnet platforms that were spinning – Mm-hmm. And he, like, what was what was that one? I don't remember which which which. Where it's uh, like boss you, you're, 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 they look like batteries. Is it nine with, or ten? I mean, nine, yeah. it was nine or ten. There is a Gravity Man. Maybe it was you Gravity like Man. UFO and floats. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah the, but, the, but the, it was Galaxy Man. But it was oh, like, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but earlier in the level, you jump on like those battery things, and all of a sudden, I see Mega Man do something I've never seen him before, which is flip upside down, yep. rotating on those things. And even then, <laughs> the game is new, but I felt like a young kid being like, "Oh shit, I've never seen that." Mm-hmm. Even though it's just a 2D platform, and when you, you know, and when he flips upside down, and you jump, you return back. Exactly, up. Yeah. yeah. That's like that kind of. Even though it was very, it seems simple, but in the moment playing it, it kind of blew my mind. Because the, 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 I don't know, it, it, it seemed like the the boss fight is its own mechanic, and then the level is designed around yeah. the concept, and like that alone was. I don't know. It's it's even not alone because you have to add Mega Man 2's music, which was mind blowing. Yeah. That's the one where um, they decided let's just make the greatest video game music of all time. Oh my God. I love and three it is as my favorite. Three's like, Gem- good too. Gemini, I, I actually, good. I think I like three. Snake music. Man, Gemini. Oh my God. I, I, I like I it as much as two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds a little Although dirty. Three was ridiculously hard. <laughs> the uh, I, I think because um, really, as far as attention paid to video game music, I mean, we've got Legend of Zelda, which is really has like two good memorable songs and they're themes that you recognize throughout exactly yeah, and, and they're yeah, just yeah. overworld stuff but um but then you go to um uh mega man and there's no bad music mm-hmm. and at uh, mega man 2 and 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 the mega man series i think was the last one to really feature the musician <laughs> until we get to streets of rage in the genesis like that and and that was the first one that um they actually put the composer in the actual credits title or whatever credits, yeah, yeah, yeah for the for the mm, i love streets of rage well the other yeah. thing with the mega man music it's like there is a theme, but even the theme changes from Mega Man's theme changes from game to game. Like the title screen music changes, mm-hmm. and then like the only thing that seems to stay constant is Wily's theme a little. No, yeah, no, there's, there's, it's the boss battle music or the rather the boss battle. There's thing, no but, like, set theme really for Mega Man no. itself. Right. And, but so Mega Man's theme is always changing. Proto Man's got that whistle that kind mm-hmm. of stays the same, but every. Every Robot Master has their own theme, and it just doesn't repeat. So it's like every time there's like a classic Robot Master theme. You ain't gonna hear it anywhere else. Like that's mm-hmm. it. So I don't know if that contributes to it being kind of cool that you have to keep going back to it or what. But it just I don't know. Why is that unique? Like why why does this feel so unique compared to everything else? It's it's the it's the best. Out there of is it. no one <laughs> answer. I think why we love it. So it's much. just we so just solid. Do. It's just they. It's perfect. You, can, you can't go to you can't. The only thing you can go to Mega Man and go they didn't do a lot of was just like it's like the story's not very strong it's like who cares, who it's, a, cares? Yeah, it's a game it doesn't it was, it was 1982 the story was pretty good for what it was yeah. so i could good. understand it as like a six-year-old so i mean i'm pretty sure that's great <laughs> the, the, the point but the point was just it's a game it's fun uh it was the why, gameplay they built what, it based on the game exactly yeah. you need to get to the end of this level because at the end of this level there's a robot that's mean mm-hmm. so Take him, take his powers. Mm-hmm. You know, Mega Man started out. It's got the the you know the numeric games. Then Mega Man X happened when they wanted to like freshen things up for the Super Nintendo. 
uh, an incredible game. Really, my first experience with Mega Man playing it, because I was familiar with Mega Man as a property, but I didn't actually own a system until the Super Nintendo. So that was where I got my real hands-on time with Mega Man and fell in love with the Mega Man X series. And of course, the, you know, the games that developed since then gone all in all kinds of crazy directions. Um, Mega Man Legends, Battle Network. Recently, Mega Man had sort of a rebirth with Mega Man 9 and 10, which was just absolutely fantastic. Retro-style games, no one could argue with, Super just as good as the originals, <laughs> completely worthy successors. And the music was just as good. And, and, mm, and yeah. then the in- announcement of two earth-shatteringly cool-sounding Mega Man games, the long-awaited Mega Man Legends Aww. 3, and uh, I believe it was called Mega Man Universe, or what was, what was, was that? Some, can, yeah, no, it was I something think, like that. It was something like that where it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it looks so cool. It was, it was a game where you could play as literal. it was very ill-defined what it was exactly. It had an awesome little um, trailer. An incredible, incredible trailer, uh, but the idea was you could literally play as any Mega Man ever, even the one from the American box <laughs> art, and it was some kind of online game. Um, yeah, it's and, universe. And Ryu was in there too. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Inafune-san was, uh, was involved or behind some of these projects directly. And when he, uh, it's never been pub- uh, publicly made aware what exactly happened over at Capcom. But when he left, basically all those projects were locked up and Mega Man has been, well, a little stagnant. He, really, yeah. like. he discusses that a bit in his Kickstarter, Mighty Number no. Nine, about it, he, it really like killed him that that project. Yeah, he, he wanted yeah. that project done more than anything. Um, and when they canceled it, just like tore him up, and he just couldn't deal with it anymore. And the problem is, we've been we've been used to a, a steady slew of Mega Man games, like really our, our whole lives. There like, were, yeah. You could argue there were too many at one point. They had so many coming out on Game Boy Advance. They, they, they had a whole bunch of them we, we, for we, DS. They, there were tons of them at one point. We've never been want for Mega Man games. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then the moment they that 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 flow was interrupted. It's like the whole fan community just the pressure became unbearable. We, we he, here's kind of the weird right thing because like I had played Mega Man games when I was younger, but I wasn't very good at them, and I, I didn't really like them that much. I didn't really start to like Mega Man again until Marvel vs. Capcom two. Mm-hmm. When I would play, I could, like I would play as Mega Man. I wasn't very good as him, but I just I, something about it was really cool to me. Just like his character, and he would transform, and he rush would run in or whatever. But then, like they're like, oh yeah, there's not gonna be many, any more Mega Man games. It's all getting canceled, whatever. And then. It didn't really hit home to me until it was announced that for Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Mega Man wouldn't be in it. And I was just like, he's kind of the poster child for Capcom in that game. Like, him and Ryu, because it's like Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Mega Man were always like the two guys on every poster cover for the Marvel vs. Capcom franchise. And then for the third one, he's suddenly not there. And it's like, something's weird. It, it's true, because if you think the two most iconic characters from Marvel, you think Spider-Man, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. That's it. The, yeah, exactly. Game over. Exactly. The, if, you think, if you think the two most from Capcom, it's, it's, it's uh, Ryu and Mega Man, mm-hmm. and everybody else there is a side franchise. Like, those are your It, it was nice children. to get Tron Bond from uh, Mega Man Legends in yeah. Marvel vs. Mm-hmm. Capcom mm-hmm. 3, but it was weird because then, you know, it, I would just see it as, well, just, you know, well, they wanted to do something different this time, so they yeah. had her in. No, you know. Zero's in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but then, but then the persistence of Mega Man's absence in mainstream Capcom games is kind of like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? Right, exactly. right. I mean, but the good news is that uh, Capcom Unity, the people on the American side of Capcom, have said repeatedly, like, we hear you guys, we know that you want your, you want Mega Man back, we want him back too. We got him in they Smash Brothers for you. Hard for us. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. Not them, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, his appearance in, in Smash Brothers is a big fucking deal. Yeah. It looks in great. It. Yeah. It's perfect. It looks so but isn't good. their lead developer for Mega Man gone now? Technically, yes. So yes, he is, and now that's why he's doing Mighty Number no. Nine. And of course, the, the the good news on the Capcom side of things for like you know uh, official Mega Man, Capcom Unity, and the the American Capcom team, they know that the fans want something, and 
They've put together this incredible collection of soundtracks. And so uh, that's why when we come back, we're going to be talking with Brett Elson uh, at Capcom Unity about the soundtracks, which he was instrumental in uh, putting together. Very cool, dude. Right now, we're going to uh, cut some music. We got a little number by Benjamin Briggs called Literally Metal Pirates. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it called Metal Pirates or Literally Metal Pirates? Literally Metal Pirates. <laughs> All right. uh, it's uh, an interpretation of some music from Mega Man 2, and this is uh, Benjamin Briggs. on the phone is brett elston capcom's community manager over at capcom unity hey what's up dude you have given every Mega Man fan the best double gift of all time i mean you know this <laughs> well, is speaking I, speculative we, we don't know yet it could be a smoldering disaster but these Mega Man <laughs> albums look great 
So I'm glad to hear you say it, because I mean, I, I know that this kind of strikes a specific niche of Mega Man fans, those who adore the music as much as the gameplay, but uh, it definitely came from a, a personal like place of love. So knowing that other people are that excited too, like makes me glad that we stuck it out and, and made this happen. Well, as far as making it happen, obviously you must have been working on this for a while. How did these two albums come to pass? I guess it really started um, in January of this year. We had just finished up with the Street Fighter Cross Mega Man free download game that came out last December. It got an update in January. It's sort of a version two that um, fixed some bugs and added Sagat as a boss and stuff. So as we were wrapping that up, I'm like, what else can I probably try to do from a from a Capcom US specific like what can I really do as a, as a community guy as a guy with some contacts within the company what can I make happen and then in my just thinking well I'm a huge game music fan big overclock fan I know some of those guys I have some contact with a few of these bands I wonder if it's even possible to arrange like a, a remix album or a couple of them or whatever so I just did this like initial reach out to uh, Larry and David at, at Overclocked and we're like, hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, yes, please. That sounds awesome. <laughs> if you can let us know. And then I, you know, pinged uh, Protoman and uh, Mega Ran and the Megas and kind of started with them. And we're like, what do you guys all think about this? And everyone from the get go was like, yes, that would be great. So then I had to kind of shop the idea around internally. And, you know, you got to go through licensing. You got to go through a lot of legal matters because anybody who touches music and music licensing and anything involving all that is just paperwork, paperwork, procedure. Mm -hmm. So it's between talking to each of the bands, talking to the label of Overclocked, and then we're also working with something else who does a lot of game music soundtracks through uh, you know digital and physical releases. And Capcom has worked with them in the past, like for Dragon's Dogma CDs, and I think Dark Void and RE6 and Dead Rising, I think have soundtracks there too. I mean, that's a lot of, you know, cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Yeah. So that's a lot of conversations, a lot of meetings, a lot of emails, paperwork, check, recheck. What did you mean by this? Oh, this. Okay, well, we're going to do this. And, you know, a lot of talk. So then that finally got us to the point where we are now, where we were far enough along that we wanted to announce it. And I wanted them to be two pretty different things so that it wouldn't be like, oh, there's just two albums. It's like the overclock thing has a, has a scope and then the something else band one has its own scope as well. The Overclocked record for Everlasting Peace, 25 Years of Mega Man, it deals specifically with the first games in each Mega Man series, which is a pretty interesting way to go about it. What led to that specifically? Yeah, that was um, actually, I think that was my original like idea for the album was I want to do this because the, the bands I knew tend to focus on Classic and X because that's kind of what the widest possible audience would know is Mega Man X music and Classic Mega Man. So I'm like, that's what they're going to cover. I know Bit Brigade and X Hunters, they're going to they're gonna cover Classic and X. Same with um, you know Mega Man and Arm Cannon and we know Protoman kind of do their own thing, but it definitely pulls from Classic uh, Mega Man stuff. So with Overclock, I'm like, well, we don't need more just classic and X. So I want to do this, but then what's a way to like filter this? And I just, I just thought like, well, how about just the first game? Cause that at least lets artists focus in and actually really choose to have some guidance. Cause if you just say, do, do whatever from all of Mega Man, it's like, dude, that's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> and so when I went to, I was actually at PAX East is when I kind of first like physically was able to in person talk to everyone about this. And I remember us kind of hanging around the Capcom booth there with a, like four or five overclock people. And we're just hanging out and I'm like, what do you guys think about this? And I mean, as, as creators, they were like, oh, that's, we, we love it. Like, that's such a great way to focus this, what could have been a daunting task and be like, no, just look at Battle Network 1 and this is Star Force 1 and 
zero. And then they later came back and were like, hey, we should do ZX as well as its own thing. And I, I'd kind of considered it part of like a further extension of zero. But, you know, all they did was like make a case for it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's just do ZX also. Um, so <laughs> that, was, that was them kind of going, let's, you know, let's separate this out because it's got great music too. And I'm not going to argue with them. So that's how we ended up with that. I assume with all that, there's a lot of niche Mega Man heartstrings that are getting plucked here. Maybe some uh, some games that have been sort of neglected in the remix community that are going to get some well deserved attention. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I pay attention to game music as you know, it's like this huge passion of mine since I was a kid, and therefore, being like a 32 year old, I may not look at Battle Network soundtrack or, or even the Legend soundtrack with as much misty eyed nostalgia as others might. <laughs> but that's just because of you know, I was born in 1980, so I grew up like classic and X are like the things I idolize. But to other people, it's like Legends was their thing they fell in love with, or, or, or Zero was the thing that made them a Mega Man fan. So knowing that specifically things like Legends and Battle Network, I don't see a whole lot of remixes. So it was nice to see them represented. I mean, you're totally right, like letting them get a moment to shine. And I actually have heard the Legends tracks, and they're all three, like, awesome. Like, they're just, like, even if you don't know the Legends music just on their own are, like, great pieces of music. I don't know if anything's been officially announced yet. Is there any uh, hint you can give as to whose remixing prowess is going to be on display in this album? Actually, oh, I have a list. I just I don't have it in front of me, so I can't. I I do know the answer, but I think maybe Overclocked is wanting to kind of reveal that. Uh, I think we were going to do a couple of blog posts, maybe, and like lay out the track list, and then also the remixers, and then reveal it that way. Stay tuned, kids. I'm trying to think if there's anyone I can. It's kind of on them to maybe reveal it, I suppose. But yeah, there's definitely names people will recognize if you keep up with with OCR. You'll be like, oh, cool. Awesome. Dude, you're responsible for bringing a brand new Proto Man track into the world, which is uh, no small achievement. They yeah. have, they, that's something they struggle with. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there, was, there was a moment during Pax Prime, this most recent one that wrapped up with El Corazon, where they played this show in Seattle right after Pax was over that Monday night. And they kind of teased that we're going to play this new song. And they played it on the Pax stream as well. And they were, but they were a little bit more vague about where it came from. They had this new song built to last. And mm-hmm. they played it on the stream. And then people on YouTube talking about like, oh, where did this come from? And is this off Act 3? And we're not sure. But then that that Monday night show, uh, they're just like, hey, pay attention to Capcom's community website about this next song. And they play and everyone's like, what, 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 what? And (laughs) I wasn't wasn't, like totally prepared that they were going to be so like on the nose about it. But I was like, okay, that's that's fine with me. (laughs) But then halfway through the song, when, when I saw like everyone... I mean, it's a, it's a kick-ass song. So then watching watching this being played live, a new song, everyone in the room is loving it. And to know that I did not write the song, I did not create the song, I have no musical prowess whatsoever, but even in like the smallest capacity, feeling like I helped that moment happen made me super happy and made like the last eight months of a lot of, you know, toil and a lot of behind the scenes work that just has to happen to make anything come to reality. It made me feel pretty good. But also, I mean, big shout out to Proto Man. They didn't have to give us a brand new song. And they were like, they're like yes, like we, this is awesome. Like we have this song and we want to give it to you. And that's, I mean, couldn't have asked for a better, better way to kick off that album. Yeah, dude, seriously, as Mega Man fans, perhaps even neglected Mega Man fans out in the community, you know, this sort of thing is a heck of an offering and uh, one that I think everybody can totally get behind. I mean, seriously, like no Capcom shilling aside, like that makes me feel like really good knowing I want to cuss a lot right now how good it makes me feel. (laughs) It's just awesome knowing that people 
you know, the internet can be a very, can be a very damaging place for you. <laughs> so it's just nice. Uh, it's very cool knowing that. I mean, for one, it's just really cool knowing, like, I mean, growing up, like, game music was not a thing. It was this, what are you listening to, weirdo? Stop it. And then seeing over over time, like, Overclock's become what it's become over the years, seeing things like video games live continue to normalize and popularize game music as, as a legitimate thing. So then putting out something like this album and knowing, like, watching immediately the reaction of these people who follow these bands, who follow Overclocked, and knowing that other people feel the same way I do about this stuff is like, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why I want to work at Capcom. That's why I wanted to do this, bring, you know, a little bit of fan perspective. And I was like, dude, if I was a fan, this is the exact kind of thing I would want to see. So I want to do what I can to make it happen. Very awesome. You said before you are a fan, and that's, I think, important because you said growing up, video game music wasn't a thing but really one of the most instrumental games in creating video game music was Mega Man 2 yeah it's the the standard by which all games are judged so <laughs> yeah, like pretty pretty much uh, I mean I, that's not definitely not tuning our own horn because I mean I was what like eight when that came out <laughs> yeah, exactly. so I certainly can't uh, can't shill something when I was eight years old I mean Wiley won and, and obviously that's the track that I think might have been for a lot of people the first time as a kid you go God damn, why is this so like this is really good? Like, you, you know, I, maybe you thought Woodman had a really cool, strong opening with the <laughs> drums, and maybe you noticed like Menace Quickman's song is kind of somber and sad. That's kind of neat. But then that Wiley song is the one where you're like, wow, this is like all hands on deck, call to arms. This is like super intense, and it made you feel super accomplished. And like, you, you've done it, you beat those bosses that before seemed impossible. And then I feel like that might have been a lot of people's gateway song or gateway game to really appreciating game music. For me, it was Double Dragon, the title screen. I remember being like second or third grade. And I think that's the first song I recall like humming in the playground or something when I wasn't playing the game. I'd be like, man, when I go home, I'm just going to turn it on just to listen to the song. And that kind of led me down this path of uh, holding up a boombox to a TV and just recording cassettes of like off air, terrible versions of like the Sonic soundtrack. And uh, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. I was wondering. Did anyone else just like yeah. put on a game and record a song and then just be like, totally I'm gonna keep playing it back yep. over and over? Yep. yep, totally did that. Oh man, nerds! <laughs> All of you nerds. I feel like we have to give some credence though to the to the title screen of Mega Man Two though. Oh, I mean, yeah. like Wiley. Oh, you know, for sure. Wiley sure. one too. But then, like you know, it's very. It tells you that this your spirit you're gonna experience something a little different. Yeah, like, exactly. Because <laughs> it starts off very standard video game music mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on board from then on, and and that flows right into for me the Mega Man Three title screen, which is like this beautiful oh, yeah. yeah starts really like thoughtful ponderous thing and then goes into this like incredible place and that all on this static title screen with no animation and no graphics it's just like this is incredible <laughs> every once in a while some website somewhere does like the top greatest video game music ever and there's yeah. always the same like there's always mario there's always zelda there's always something on there but there's always multiple mega man songs i can't yeah. really and think of, of yeah. another t- top list that has multiple songs from the same franchise it used to be you'd see a lot of chrono trigger and a lot of like mm-hmm. final fantasy mm-hmm. stuff in there but as the years wear on i think in a way i'm kind of sad to see some of those songs fall off those lists but it, it does seem like mega man music seems to bear time better or at least stay in the public consciousness a little easier but i do know like i think through overclock if you go by the number of remixes it's like chrono trigger still up there but <laughs> mega man 2 definitely like more probably one of the top fives of, of all time just by sheer math you don't even have to use any kind of like well i think it's like no like do the numbers the number of people talking about this outweighs the next 10 games combined probably mm-hmm. <laughs> so brett as a capcom community manager what have you seen as far as like your interaction with the fans and fan output What's the thing that's like really just wowed you like nothing else? Man, it's really hard to 
<laughs> I should have had an answer prepared for this. Um, but it's still a sore subject. But even seeing like the Legends 3 rocket project continue and like just the love and effort they're putting into it, like that's still a, a touching like thing to remind people like, hey, this is still going on. And we have another community manager, Greg, uh, Greg Moore, who actually, you know, Legends was very much his thing. So knowing that like a lot of the people from 100,000 Strong have like kept in touch with us. And even though there's a lot of animosity, a lot of anger, even two years later, still, still a very very, very touchy topic. Um, the people who actually run those things and organize them are awesome and are completely friendly and polite. And I've met them in person and we shake hands, we hash it out. And like, uh, and just knowing that like, no, when people get together and talk face to face, it's a completely different thing than forum avatars or tweets back, back and forth. <laughs> like it's a completely different thing. So that's really warmed my heart. And then also, it's not Mega Man related, but becoming kind of a Monster Hunter convert this year, I, I really avoided the series for, avoid's a strong word, but I just didn't care. I didn't play. It sounded cool, and I'm sure it was fine, whatever. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, this year I got turned on to it, and I mean, I'm completely psycho nuts about Monster Hunter now, and, and seeing that fan base, which I normally never really paid much attention to, because we have a dedicated Monster Hunter guy, Yuri, who's lived and breathed Monster Hunter since the PS2, <laughs> but we've had all these events in the building, and through community, we were able to Hold, like we called them community colleges and like taught people how to play like in, the, in the, like in the Capcom building like and that's to me like that was like the epitome of what Capcom unity Capcom community should be doing is we had these events in the building like we're in San Mateo California it was like hey come, come to our building come to our office hang out we're gonna buy pizza soda we're gonna put up a tent we're gonna put bring a photo op we're gonna make replica weapons just come hang out for five hours on a Saturday and play Monster Hunter all day why am I not there oh. <laughs> why, why are we not invited to this <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, there's another one coming up soon, I think in October. But I mean, they are local. They're always at our office in California. But Monster Hunter did make the rounds all year. So like going to both PAXs, we'll be at New York Comic Con. Just seeing that community, which is, you know, one of the most patient and understanding. You know, we're, we always lag behind Japan by several months, if not measured in years, waiting for localizations or translations of the games. And the appetite for Monster Hunter in Japan is so big that, you know, you can afford and justify to have a lot of releases side by side, whereas the U.S., we need like one game we can push very strongly um, and get it and get into people's hands. Three Ultimate was it was a really good call because the reaction has been very strong. But but meeting all these fans at all these shows to see this this fan base that totally understands how much work has to go into bringing a game like that over, watching it grow, watching it get more popular, and seeing how patient all these fans are like that's just a nice like reaffirming your faith in humanity that everyone is not a, a Tasmanian devil screaming in a corner somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, what do you feel is the most underrated Capcom game? Oof. Man, that's tough to pick one. Monster Hunter! Actually, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, as far as the West goes, probably Monster Hunter. It's like the most bang for your buck. This is like Capcom dev team at its finest, making probably one of the best games Capcom has ever made, and they do it every year, and why doesn't more people in America play this? But if I dig back, I mean... I have this weird soft spot for PN3, product number three from uh, mm -hmm. like GameCube. GameCube. It's not the best game by any <laughs> means, but it's just so weird and fun. And that character design is really goofy and, and, and fun to play. That's just this weird Capcom game. I totally beat it on every difficulty, got every costume. <laughs> I mean, I did everything with it. And it was the idea of a game with not stylish offense, but stylish defense, where it's all about avoiding attacks and looking cool while you do it. Like, that's just <laughs> such a fun, kind of a one-note idea, but it really stuck with me. And I played that, like, 
for no end. And then, of course, give shout outs to things like God Hand. And I know the oh, NES Strider you know, usually gets compared to the Genesis or the Arcade Strider. And it's always like, oh, that one sucks. But we've got this guy, same guy, Greg, is a huge proponent of the NES Strider. And the more you dig into it, you're like, actually, yeah, this game is, is remarkably I don't want to say ahead of the time for when it came out, but it was remarkably competitive and with it. And too often gets compared to the Genesis or Arcade one when it's like, actually, there's a reason it was doing something different, and that makes it really cool. What character do you play as most, or what is your favorite Street Fighter character? Always Blanca. That's <laughs> 19, 1991 arcade. I, I mean, I guess I was 10 when it came out, but I played it in the bowling alley. I was every week spent my $2.00 playing Street Fighter 2, and as a 10-year-old, as a I mean, I have this vague memory of being there and, like, flipping through each character and going, like, boring karate man, boring girl, boring <laughs> sumo wrestler, boring rubber guy, green monster man, I'm, I'm down, and then, like, selecting that guy, and then that was it, and then... Street Fighter 4 and Blanca came back with the rest of the World Warrior cast and I jumped back in with 4 and 4 is definitely when I actually bothered to actually learn how to properly play Street Fighter because everything before that was just <laughs> just you know, spamming it and spamming the electricity on on, uh, on Street Fighter 2 biting people's heads oh yeah definitely definitely in the two days but since then in 4 I've I've learned to uh, to play a little bit better it's actually, I mean, in a roundabout way, I met Seth Killian through one of my press tours because I was a games journalist before this. So I met Seth doing Street Fighter Four, you know, press coverage, and then we hit it off because I'm like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about, and he was like, wow, this press guy is okay. And <laughs> over the years, we just hung out, talked, and then uh, you know, four years later, he's like, so you seem to really love Capcom stuff. Why don't you come over here? I'm like, please, please do. What is your favorite robot master? Uh, Magnet Man from Mega Man 3. Not really sure why, other than I just always love the idea that a robot would have a magnet on its head when that should be like constantly erasing his brain or whatever. Right. Like, it's uh, he's a he's basically a robotic mean? drug addict. Yeah, like it just seems like this self defeating thing. Like as soon as you turn this guy on, you're like, oh right, it's just this is bad. But the, the fact but, that he works and you're playing as a robot. How do I fight a magnet? Like, there's no way. Yeah. Isn't he just basically going to be Magneto at some point and destroy all the other robots? Like, <laughs> That's why he's angry. No one can love him. Welcome to die. Now, um, I, know, I know you said you uh, like playing as a monster in fighting games. Does that mean that you have a special place in your heart for Darkstalkers? Darkstalkers is, is weird in that I always admired it from afar. Like it, in the arcades, it was always the game that was there and it was next to Super Street Fighter 2 or Alpha or MK2. And then I was like, man, that game always looks super cool. And I was like, I'm man, one of these days I'm going to start playing as that wolf <laughs> character, Calvane. And then came the PS1 and I had enough money to get one game, and it was like early 96, I think, and Street Fighter Alpha came out for PS1, and then Darkstalkers came out for PS1, and they were pretty close, I think, in release. It was close enough that I had to make a decision, and when you're that age and you have like very finite resources, that decision will often define you in weird ways you won't realize, <laughs> like the decision of whether or not you bought Final Fantasy 2 or Zelda 3, uh, you went to the past, could have decided whether you became a Final Fantasy fan or a Zelda fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's so true! I bought Street Fighter Alpha, did not buy Darkstalkers, and then, you know, never really touched Darkstalkers after that. So then when Resurrection came out, you know, by that point we had Peter Combo Fiend in the office and having him and Nidel uh, in here to kind of actually show you the ropes and explain Because I've always just loved, I mean, you're right, the character design, the look of everyone in Darkstalkers, I love it. I just never really got a chance to dig into it. Tacking back to uh, the Mega Man albums, uh, Mega Man 25, Mega Man Rocks. You got the new song by the Proto Men, a uh, new song by Arm Cannon and X Hunters, 
in the blog you posted, you also said you got uh, re-recorded tracks from the Megas and Bit Brigade. What can you tell us about those re-recorded tracks? I'm still trying to like find out precisely what's gone because I don't have the, like the master tracks yet, and something else is actually handling a lot of that actual. Since again, I have no musical anything. I'll say talent <laughs> or even even the ability to like you know produce the album when it when actually when they get the tracks and arrange it into an album that you put up for I, on iTunes or whatever. Something else is helping with that. So. My understanding is that it was a combination of like, oh, you know, they didn't have time to record new songs. Not every band would because the time constraints were definitely present. And if you're already touring or already have like prior obligations or a day job, it's like, you know, getting in a studio and recording a new song is not easy. Yeah. It's super time consuming. Protoman were gracious enough to give us one. Mega Ran has one and Arm Cannon gave us some X Hunters. Say Omegas and Bit Brigade, I believe we're re-recording and kind of like touching up existing recordings slash handpicked some of their favorite songs from their existing work. What I'm not sure is what what actually is going on in the albums when they're done because I mean we're still <laughs> on this phase where we've announced and it's basically finished, but we're kind of still getting the last pieces of the puzzle put together. Right. So when it actually comes together, my understanding is that they've re-recorded things they already had, but some of them might actually be, you know, you've heard this on another album, but here it is because they wanted to put their best work forward and be like, hey, if this is going to be like a big sampler or a big chance for new exposure, we want to put those songs out there. So hopefully I can clarify that in the next week or so. That's something I often look forward to when a band re-records some of their earlier work after, you know, years of touring and sharpening their skills and everything. I mean, the Mega's first record compared to the Mega's most recent record, it's night and day. So I'm really enthused at the idea that they might be redoing some of their older work to make it sound as awesome as the new stuff. That's great. That's why I hesitate to say that is what's happening because I'm not entirely (laughs) sure. (laughs) But that's my understanding. And then even, because we'll we'll probably get into the actual revealing of the track list probably in a couple of weeks, I think, because it's out this year and this, like, next month, basically, like late October, probably. So it's it's very close. Yeah. Nice. Um, um, but even even the other songs that are on there, like Proto Men has Built to Last, which is the new song. But then also they have two other songs on there as well. And the names you'll recognize, but it may not be the form that is readily available, I'll say, to buy somewhere. Okay. So like an, an extra little tidbit that's like, oh, if you already know their work, like here's an extra something to sprinkle on top. That's very that exciting. I'm, I don't don't even know entirely what that means, but I'm already excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably like stumbled over that myself. But uh, basically, what happened is they said, "Oh, this is the song we want." And I'm like, "Awesome! One of my favorite songs. Love it." And then I just thought, "Cool, we have that song." And they're like, and then talking to them, like, "Oh, wait, no, it's actually insert description here." I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's actually much cooler from the prospect of of selling a product." It's cool knowing, oh, Proto Men, Mega Ran, they picked some songs they liked, but oh, there was this extra little twist at the end that was like, okay, that's, as, as someone trying to push a product at the end of the day, crass as it may sound, it's like, that makes it a way more compelling offering when you're asking for money. That's right. a really cool of course. thing to add in there. Fans can submit artwork for either of these albums. Yes, that's a, it's two contests. The, the rules and stuff are on capcommunity.com. We'll link to it um, on this episode's page, so... All you got to do is go to okay. this episode's page and you can find these links. Basically, there's, a, there's an art contest for both albums. There's two winners. There's one winner for the Overclocked album and then one winner for the Something Else album. And since the albums themselves have different scopes, the album art 
should reflect that as well, which the overclocked one is kind of a jam piece, an ensemble cast of all the Mega Man characters from each of those spinoffs. So you want Mega Man, you want X, you want Volnut, you want EXE, and, and you go on down the line. But then the something else, you know, band album is more of a classic and X character in some kind of musical themed scene. You've seen something similar to that probably with the Japanese uh, albums like We Are Rockmen and things like that. But this is a chance for the U.S. community to kind of be a part of the albums, but then also a chance for us to deliver that kind of product. Because it's not unheard of to have these kind of albums put out in Japan, uh, specifically Capcom Japan putting them out for Mega Man stuff, whereas Capcom US, like this is, we've never done this before. So being able to, one, deliver that with a, you know, a Western audience in mind, and then also let fans be a part of it in some way is kind of this like best of both worlds. Yeah, Brett, I mean, thank you so much for arranging these albums. We cannot wait to hear them. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. I mean, thanks for reaching out. And uh, it sucks because I'm going to be in Orlando twice this month. And then I know you guys are doing this thing in, in October. I'm like, damn it. Like, I haven't been to Orlando probably since 1990, and now I'm going to be there twice in one month, and then a month later, this awesome thing is happening with a bunch of bands I want to see. <laughs> Thanks a lot for, for having me and for reaching out. I really appreciate it. All right, so let's cut to a track, a cover of Guile's theme from a Street Fighter II uh, album by a brand new musician called uh, Yoga Fire, new to the video game music scene. The track's called A Long Nightmare, but it is, it is Guile's theme. So, it, so this, is, this is a cover of Guile's theme? So, is it safe to say it would go really well with this episode? Might as well. We're serving up some steaming hot cups of Capcom right now, so... I think uh, if it's a long nightmare, I would say uh, that nightmare is of going home and being a family man.
the proto mid on the line. Which proto mid do we have on the line? Which proto mid? That didn't work. Wait. Murphy is here. Commander is here also. And Raul Panther the Third is here as well. As well. And that's all. Well, that's all. That's all you can you get. You only tonight. get one third of us tonight. Really? So the only ones that can make it to the Denver airport. So we only. <laughs> <laughs> We're all, we only get the third string, uh, Raul Panther. <laughs> it's true. It's true. My father and his father before him—they were great men. But you're stuck with me. Ah uh, well. <laughs> we'll make do. I heard that rumor that the original was actually a panther. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, and the stage show was awful. <laughs> no singing, and people just got mauled. It was really the worst decision the Protoman ever made. So our third singer was right, you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually eaten by the first singer. Right. right. Oh, wait. Okay. Do you have to, wait? Do you have to eat the previous singer to become the new singer? No, it's like Highlander, but grosser. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. At least it's not like cat people, the 1982 cat people, where... <laughs> oh, that came... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody cringed. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> I think Highlander is pretty gross when you start thinking cat of where he puts that sword away. Yeah, that's a hell of a soundtrack. It is, though, yeah. Well, you can't, can't argue oh. with Giorgio Moroder, can you? Uh, anyhow, we're, we're here because we've got to talk about Mega Man <laughs> uh, and Man Mighty Number no. 9. You know, finally, after a certain lull in the, the Mega Man-averse, more stuff is happening right now and you guys are sort of in the middle of all of it you got this new track coming out in uh the mega man 25 mega man rocks album uh built to last that you debuted at pax there's been this sort of discourse between you guys and the mighty number nine camp about somehow getting involved with that project i don't know if it's an official discourse they're doing their thing and we're continuing to do our thing and if if paths cross if our things get doing together then we'll see yeah, dreams oh. crossed. That'd be neat. I, I, saw, I saw the tweets, but then I also listened to the Mighty Number no. Nine podcast, wherein the team that's actually running the Kickstarter were uh, more than a little adamant about uh, <laughs> trying to make that happen. No, I haven't, haven't, haven't heard that. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. If if something happens, then we won't be opposed to it. Yes, okay. or will we? You will let yourself or create won't music we? for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would, I think we'd certainly like to support that project any way we can. I, I heard that uh, you guys actually knew about it before Fangamer were even aware of it. Uh, Ooh, is that true? true? That, that, that can't be true. That, that really, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, Fangamer I had it months in advance. We, it's one of these things, man. Right. Uh, oh. I will say that we did know in advance. We did know. We, we knew something was coming. They uh, were pretty tight-lipped about it, though. The first, the first words we heard were, we can't tell you what it is, but something is coming. Yeah, that's <laughs> that kind of thing. It's ominous. <laughs> it's like, it's and the weird thing is they told us that like 11 years ago. So it's really been a long time coming. <laughs> it's the reason why we started this band, really. Right. <laughs> something was going to happen. You so were we, wrong. It was an evil circus the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Obviously, uh, the bulk of your work has been devoted to per, you know, telling a very dramatic rock opera story uh now you're adding some different elements to the work that you produce like built to last uh for the capcom uh, Mega Man album is uh you know not part of your canonical story it's purely a song about Mega Man. Or- well we've kind of been doing that for a while we we started that with uh beards going nowhere several years ago i mean how many years ago that was like 2007? 2008 2008 yeah we did that jam in 2008 and it was outside of the 
normal story. Right. Uh, still kind of tied in with everything, but not directly, you know, not part of an act, if you will. It was a song we actually did for a, uh, a movement that uh, sort of came and went. Uh, I don't know if they're really still doing it. There was a thing there was a thing that got started I don't know, two thousand five. I don't know. <laughs> a beard growing thing. A beard four growing month, four month beard not a competition, growing. but it was like an art project where everybody took pictures of <laughs> growing a beard for <laughs> I have no idea what this conversation is about. <laughs> <laughs> lost us. Something about beards and creating music for a beard movement. It all sounds good. That's that's yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, nobody else was writing songs for it. We just we became a member of it in the year when they did it, uh, November two thousand seven till February two thousand eight. The entire band, the entire band, grew tried to grow beards. For <laughs> Except for Panther. Well, I tried. I tried. It didn't <laughs> And they kick you off the site if you don't post your beard picture, uh, what, at least once a week once or something week. like that. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like it. By the end of it, uh, I think only three or four of us lasted in the band. But the whole band kind of went as an account. So yeah. To say. Wow. yeah no, it, was a, it was a fun thing. And this is kind of the same thing where we just kind of got involved with the project. And, you know, Brad Elston was pushing beyond anything I've ever seen to get this project off the ground because he's just been trying to get anything done in the Mega Man world over at Capcom. Yeah. And this was like his, you know, this was his baby. This was his pet project that kind of got close to getting canned quite a few times. And he kept pushing and kept pushing and finally made it through it. And if he didn't do all that, you probably wouldn't be hearing a new jam from us. You know, you wouldn't hear this song if it wasn't for him. So thank him, I guess. But we, we, we did, did. actually. <laughs> we did, yeah, yeah unless song. you hate the jam. Then you punch him right in the tip. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Actually, I want to I wanna ask you about Beards Going Nowhere. You guys just toured Australia, and uh, you got this Beard song. I, I recently was uh, solicited a, a, a record out of Australia from a band called The Beards, and basically they produced an entire album that is essentially Beards Going Nowhere, the album. It's every yeah. single thing. Yeah. And had beautiful music. Yeah, we know they are. Yeah, yeah we've, we've heard of them. Uh, we tried to get a tour going with them for this past time, but it just didn't work out. Hopefully we can talk to them at some point and maybe get something going. Make a beard tour. Yeah, we like them a lot. They're very entertaining. Yeah, we just need to get uh, Valiant and Thor to join and they'll be complete. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy talk. <laughs> yes. And we'll put a big beard on Panther every night. Ooh. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Did you do that Nerdapalooza? I've had fake beards on me many times in my life. Yeah, you have. Sorry, we're just talking about beards over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Uh, built to last. I, I've heard. I've heard the clip over at the uh, the long overdue article about you guys over on Wired. They have a, a clip of the um, the studio version of Built to Last, but also the uh, Pax version is up online. And did the, did the clip give you a headache? <laughs> no, you know it was all right. I enjoyed it. Okay. Should, should it have? Was there like um, some kind of codes in yeah, there? It's just very, uh, very choppy and very ridiculous. And no timing sense of yeah. jumps at all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I almost had an aneurysm, but I thought it was out of excitement. <laughs> you were wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> guys, um, when I was listening to Built to Last, I couldn't help but think, this sounds like you guys took a, a cue from uh, Neil Young and his uh, song We Are in Control from the record Trans back in the early 80s. Man, oh, man, I don't know that record. No, I mean, I might have heard that jam. I'm probably almost certainly sure I've heard that jam, but 
I don't think who's the Neil Young aficionado in the band. We don't really have, uh, have the, uh, Ringo. Ringo. Yeah, Ringo he, and uh, that Turbo. would have been that would know. be out of his range though. It would have been Scarto years ago. Yeah, yeah, Scarto is a huge Neil Young fan. More than likely, that was inadvertent. Okay, almost certainly that yeah. was inadvertent. When you hear the full song, you might not think the same. Yeah, it's it's mostly the it's the mostly the beginning part the uh, the robot voice call and answer. Oh, sort of wow. I see. Does Neil Young do that? He has a vocoder. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, you hey, if you guys haven't heard this album, knowing the music that you like, uh, you'd probably be all over it. He made a uh, a big scary uh, new wave robo album that is completely <laughs> out of circulation. He won't he won't reissue it. It's called Trans. We have to just torrent it or something or. Yeah, or, yeah, or you know, uh, go to a record it's shop. It's Sorry. called Trans, like as in Am? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it's got a kick-ass cover. I'm looking up Neil Young transsexual album, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this cover. <laughs> it's it pretty great, man. actually. That's upsetting, because that's almost exactly the cover that was, oh, no. All right, we're going to rip this cover off. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, we're all looking at it's it like now. You're gonna rip the cover off, then you're gonna, oh. then you say, "Let's rip off the first couple seconds of that song." Then nothing else is the same. <laughs> we literally <laughs> just we, we broke all the rules just for the cover. It's, it's like Blade Runner meets Miami Vice. <laughs> it's, it's badass. It's this, and the rumors. You, the proto men, are gonna cover Neil Young, and it's just like, no, no, no. It's the Neil Young cover. It's so, so <laughs> Neil Young's covering the proto men. It's like no. So when Cap brought up, I haven't heard the the built to last song yet, but like when he says it sounds like Neil Young, I was like, I was imagining. A song that you wrote that was like 15 minutes and sounded like Cortez the Killer. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not beyond that. We, we can still come out. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, uh, so that's depressing. We we actually were going to rip it off before we knew we were going to rip it off. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you just showed us that. That's beautiful. I'll listen to the full album on YouTube. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that now. Oh, yeah, let's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god track three no that's what he was talking yeah, about that's what he said we that's are in that's control what we holy shit what <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just gonna have to bear with us for a second we're about to play a bit of we are in control You have enlightened us. Thank I you. clearly misjudged Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, all right. What's yep. next? All right, yeah. Here's what's next. Um, <laughs> it's like, so Neil Young may be in control, but the protoman will keep you safe. That was uh, clever. <laughs> um, so recently, Terminator the Second finally announced some new activity. I hear that the score is actually going to come out sometime this year. Oh, is it? Oh, is it? <laughs> okay. I think we actually tell you all of this information. Uh, yeah, it's actually coming out on November 1st mm-hmm. from Excellent. their website, TerminatorTheSecond.com. And you can download it you for a very it. low price. Fantastic. You can get a combo of the play or video and the audio and the, at yeah, the same the time. Yeah. So, and it's not like we just took the... It's not like we did Smashing Pumpkins view for you and audio for you or audio for whatever it's called. Uh, where they took a video they released and they said, well, let's just put an audio version of this. And they took the video and ran it to like, you know, I don't know, 
recorder of some sort and just took the audio and put this. It's not that. Good. <laughs> that yeah. soundtrack where we went through and took the songs from the play and, you know, gave me the, the high-res version of them, so to say. And then you added some of the play action talking and scene and put and added it in together and kind of made it a cohesive concept album on its own. So that's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. I think Neil Young would never have thought to do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is going to stay with you till the day you die. <laughs> Neil Young now. <laughs> No, I, I really wanted to come out and see Terminator the second, but I couldn't make it. So um, that's awesome that it's going to be uh, available in video and audio form. I know, what did you guys' score for the play actually like sound like? What, what could a Protoman fan expect when they pick up this album? Uh, well, different. Different, yeah. It's, it's more along the lines of the original Terminator soundtrack idea, like that kind of it's very synth-heavy, but it still has a lot of orchestral stuff built into it. Now, it's kind of a weird mash of things yeah. i can tell you you'll hear a lot of awesome synth drone if you like yeah. synth drone you like love the it. same <laughs> note over and over again that's the only way i can get to sleep at night it's the song it's, it's what my mother used to sing to me <laughs> did, your, did your mother make a sound like a french horn <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, objectively, but it, you know, <laughs> it never got quite close. This was the eighties. <laughs> it wasn't uh, perfect, but it was pretty good. It know? was good. I mean, when I say when I say French horn, we know what I really mean. Like you know, <laughs> what <laughs> the sound? The sound of what I really mean. Not not a move. Not a special move. <laughs> All right, uh, alrighty uh, there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say it is very it's it's different than a regular Protoman record in that it's not a bunch of somewhat pop jams. You know, it's a it's it's more it's it's certainly more a score album than it right. is a soundtrack album. Yeah. Cool. No, I mean, I'm, 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 I do fucking think that's cool. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I like your work. <laughs> uh, um, guys, yeah, so, so out on uh, November first, and they're actually doing a screening here in Nashville. Uh, the Wednesday is it Wednesday. The Tuesday, the Tuesday before. before October twenty second. Okay, uh, so at a full theater here called the Bell. <laughs> So fly from fly directly from Orlando after seeing the Proto Man at Nerdapalooza, and, uh, <laughs> and straight to Nashville. To go to Nashville, take advantage of Taco Tuesday and go see Terminator the Second. Exactly. Have a layover in Denver. <laughs> that would be the worst layover. <laughs> you go from Orlando to Nashville. You have to stop in Denver. <laughs> you have to stop in Denver. And then uh, hang out through the weekend, and we're doing a uh, we're doing a show that also is going to involve screening on uh, the first of November. Yeah, it'll be a good show. The basic before we play, there will be a screening of the movie, and then we play. Cool. As oh, far- by, the, by the way, uh, I want to go ahead and just say this. Okay. We're in the movie, so bam. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nobody even knows that. Yeah, I've, I've said it in the mailer. Oh, okay, saying. okay. I've told everybody we're the you can be ready for us towards the end of the movie. You're yeah, the pieces of the T one thousand. Like now, the, the people who tell the T one thousand to go to the Galleria. 
Oh man. We actually we actually play the part of the semi truck that he drove. <laughs> it's expressionist it's an expressionist piece. <laughs> it's basically gonna be like Moomin or something. Uh, so guys, bouncing back to Mighty Number no. Nine, as as fans of Mega Man, obviously, what has gotten you most excited about uh, about this project? Uh, what interests you the most about Mighty Number no. Nine? I'd say the team they brought together. I think that's the most interesting thing. It's like all the people that are working on it is a hodgepodge of all the best people that worked on the originals, like from all across them. Like the I can't remember her name, but the girl who did the soundtrack for the first one. That's really one of my favorite favorite ones. So. I'm pretty, I can't wait to see what she comes up with for all the sweet jams, that kind of stuff. I think, I think the team they've built is probably the right team to do it. And it seems like they're going to be sort of unfettered by, I don't know, the, the corporate the structure. Corpor- corporations, man. That Capcom, you know, that, that they were under when they were working with Capcom. It seems man. like, especially the fact that they've gone Kickstarter and they've gone community-based, it feels like, you know, they're going to have as much freedom in this game as you know as we do with like an album yeah mm. they make it good and that's all that matters not that's not what she i mean assume if they're successful they will become a corporation at some point well yeah oh, i mean then, yeah, then sure. you have to kill them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, they'll have to, then they'll have to all quit at the same time yeah and, start and just say no it's just it, it's not about the games anymore <laughs> <laughs> when do we get to do that <laughs> right afterwards <laughs> Hypothetically, if you guys did get involved with Mighty Number no. Nine, what sort of uh, a musical thing would you th- are you naturally inclined to implement yourself towards with Mighty Number no. Nine? Maybe we would, like write a song or something. Music, yeah, that's the way, so, that's the way I think we would get involved. I think something. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what Cap's saying is is uh, is that you guys invented a canonical mythology for uh, classic Mega Man. Are, are you gonna do? Do you feel confident doing something like that for? For a different series, even if it's closely well, related, well, it's, it's honestly no different than writing some kind of score, silly shit for a Terminator play or, <laughs> or Shakespeare. Or writing know. a song about. <laughs> give us a concept, and we can probably write a song about. Is, is that of, a challenge? <laughs> yeah, do yeah. it. Okay, uh, Popeye. Better. Yes. Popeye. Yes. Popeye. All right. He's doing what he's doing, and he punches a bad guy so bad a portal rips in time and space into the warp from 40k sweet pea crawls into it popeye jumps into the 40k universe has to fight the god emperor of mankind man that is some nerdy shit (laughs) (laughs) what show are we doing again what is this (laughs) i'm into popeye though You're an American. You should be. (laughs) Really not hard, man. Come on. Like 1981 Robin Williams Popeye though. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the one we'll do. That was already a musical. You can redo well, the musical. No, you yeah. should, you know, you Here's the thing, uh, Harry Harry Nilsson. He's a great songwriter, but he completely phoned that shit in. He was writing those songs on the set. That movie needs a better soundtrack. So wait, no, it's gonna be like Dark Side of the Moon with Wizard of Oz. You play the Proto Man version alongside with the Popeye movie. I, I'd almost want to. I'd almost rather see the racist 1940s propaganda Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But you're a that's, sap. that's the that's the challenge. I you're think, you're yeah. a sap, Mister Jap, right? Oh, like that, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, write, write, a, write a song to that. Thanks mm-hmm. for bringing that up in the Mega Man episode. <laughs> <laughs> I get behind that one. <laughs> 
Way to go. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, you guys made it weird. So the, so, so the, so, the, so for, for alternate history of Popeye, because for Mega Man, it's Proto Man, does that mean when they do the Popeye, they're going to change their name? Because like Sergeant Pepper, it'll be the Sailor Men? Ooh. Is that take a different way? Yeah. I mean, I'm all right with that, though. No, uh, let's, 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 let's get back to the topic. Man. This, is, this is going. This is going in a very strange direction. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize to nerds who don't care about Papa. This is my fault. But, yeah, I'm I sorry. Don't really care about those people. Yeah. You know that Neil Young wrote a album uh, <laughs> about Popeye in the '90s. No. Neil Young already did this. What you're challenging us to do? He's already done it, but he shelved it. And he had a really cool cover art for it too. Yeah. yeah. It was Popeye with a ray gun. It looked like the original box art of Mega Man. <laughs> with everyone, you know, we're all, we're, we're all trying to figure out whatever, what's everyone's favorite robot master. What are you guys' favorite robot masters? Oh my god. Really? <laughs> Do you get asked this uh, every interview? They, they always get asked this, I'm sure. Oh my god, do we? Yeah. But we're, we're, we're collecting them for this, for this, for this episode. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a fresh uh, question for every other interview on this episode, but not for you yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's Sheep Man, but besides that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, Sheep, that was, Sheep awesome. Man is great. There's a lot of depth to that one, though. That's, I'm, I'm impressed by that character. Okay, how about Sexiest Robot Master? He's Electric Sheep. Which Mega Man game is this in? Like 10. Uh, and he doesn't dream or anything. Oh, I see. No. He doesn't dream about himself. He doesn't dream about himself. <laughs> but he's electric. I think Gravity Man's the sexiest robot, because think of the things he can do with that gravity. Mm. I'm just saying. I think Splash Woman, because her theme's kind of sexy, too. So also, That's too obvious she's a woman. That's well, completely well, I'm obvious. I'm sorry. I, if I'm going to be attracted to a robot, it's going to be a female robot. Badass. You know? no, I mean, not, not that there's yeah. anything wrong with being attracted to a female robot. robot. Yes, because but, robots but, clearly have genders. But in this, okay, in this time... <laughs> I think y'all have answered all of the answers. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So how about we just find out what other people's answers were? I can, I can tell you mine. But mine's, you know, kind of boring and more design-centric than it is anything else. I don't really... What is it? Guts Man from the original is the best-looking robot that they've designed. Not all of like the, the most, like... Classic design, utilitarian look for a robot to do the job he was supposed to do. Right. The best design for any of them. Hmm. You know, other good ones, but... Good answer. The, yeah. That's the answer we were looking for. That is good and his jam is the best. He does have a good jam. He does make good jam, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that makes him sexy, the jam he produces. <laughs> so he fills both roles. And both holes. I'm sorry, <laughs> I could not do that. I don't know why. So when you said I was going to interrupt, you said he fills both roles with jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's that, guys. Thank you so much, man. Thank you guys for having us. That's true. Uh, Huge oh, fans. Wait. wait. Yeah. Huge wait, fans. One more thing. One more thing. Yeah. I have a have a delay, delay on my end. On my end. It's really weird. It's really weird. <laughs> well, well, in case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. Because you don't follow our mailing list or our Twitter or our Facebook. We have a tour coming up as well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we're going to play in uh, D.C. area, which is Springfield, Virginia, and Richmond, and a couple of days in North Carolina, and South Carolina, and Georgia, and Nerdapalooza. Imagine that. Imagine Fancy that. Do you guys... I don't know if this has been announced yet. Are you guys playing the doing do two night thing like you have been doing the past three no. years or so? No, we are not. Just one night. Okay. 
One night yeah. only. Uh, I will say that if you live in, in those areas, go to, or if you just like seeing shows, just go to protem.com slash tour and check that out because it, we might be coming near you. You don't know. That's really all. I was, I was going to say, I have kind of an official nerd question. Um, oh, have you ever cons- <laughs> it's, it's official. It's, it's officially nerdy. It's, it's a nerdy show. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, uh, right now, I'm in, acting in official capacity. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, do, have you guys ever considered um, that if you get tired of the mythology, not that we would, right? But, right, right. But, but the mythology that you've created, if you would move on to a different Mega Man but, franchise, like ZX or anything like that? Yeah. Popeye, that's where we're moving. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Good, good. good. Excellent. <laughs> that, that is a uh, they do get asked similar questions. No, about I'm that sure. I'm sure. Often. No, but as long as I guess as long as uh, you know. everyone everyone's asking us now if we're going to jump ship and write a Mighty <laughs> Number Mighty Nine Man. rock yeah. opera <clears throat> and just abandon our Mega Man roots. Yeah. Well, it's clearly you already know everything about uh, Mighty Number no. Nine and like what's going to happen in the game and what you know how it all. Yeah, yeah. Unfolds. From, well, they, from, they told us something was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, something big. Something big is going to happen with that game game he actually just we just got him involved so that he would have his name to push the game right. in reality the proto men have just you know developed this entire game from the ground up right <laughs> you actually made it when you were children and uh and and you kind of stoke the fires you have to wait till you're old enough for it to seem legit yeah right uh-huh. right uh-huh. yeah you seem to know the answers huh <laughs> uh i guess to answer your question that's not really something we think about no it's, about that? and in reality the goal of this band is, is always, you know, like the the view of what Mega Man is isn't like we didn't do this specifically because it was we wanted to go after this specific Mega Man or Mega Man X or Mega Man ZX and Mega Man blah blah blah. It was the core concept of Mega Man. Like you know, it's not really her series. It's it's generally the idea of when you boil it all down to the smallest piece what Mega Man is, the skeleton of it. That's kind of what it's about. It's not about which franchise it is. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. That answers my it's question. It's a cool answer. Yep. I think it's the most serious answer we've had on this entire episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was the official it question. Was the official nerd question. <laughs> you validated <laughs> this entire episode. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone gets one. Uh, yeah, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. When am I going to get uh, drunk with Brandon again? Oh, man. I don't even remember that. Oh, wait. Was that when we were eating all that bacon? Yeah, dude. I was like, I'm not going to eat bacon ever again. And watching Cap drink a shot of grease almost made me throw up. And then like... A month later, I just started eating bacon again. I guess that's a good time to mention, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, one time we hung out with the Proto Man and made some food sculpture in the shape of Star Wars ships and ate it. (laughs) Dude, the next day, let me tell you, that was one of the worst days of my life. Like, a fucking bacon, (laughs) a fucking bacon coma? Bacon and, I don't know how much whiskey I drank. We'll link to where you can watch Nerdy Mealtime on this episode, but Murphy, to answer your question... Uh, I think Nerdapalooza is prime time for you and Brandon getting all kinds of drunk together. I'm going to be drunk for three days, so Good. it's going to be great. Both the hotel rooms have kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Recreate that and, and insurance. insurance. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> thank, guys, thank you so much. We will, uh, we'll be in touch. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah, we're going to touch you soon. <laughs> Since we've been talking about it, we're back earlier in this uh, Protoman interview. Why don't we play... The uh, non-canonical Proto-Men Jam, Beards Going Nowhere. 
With us, we have Charlie from Fangamer. Fangamer is the incredible merchant apparel team that uh, we've gone on and on about in years prior. If you haven't ever checked out their stuff, you're probably going to want to go over to their store and buy some things to put on your body. <laughs> we'll have links to where you can do that on this episode's page, but we're talking to Charlie right now because Fangamer are designing all the merch for the Mighty Number no. 9 Kickstarter. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Whenever they first came to us, it was sort of... Uh... Actually, whenever we first heard about it, it was from our, our buddies at Two Player Productions who are doing the documentary part of that process. Because for whatever reason, people have become really obsessed with seeing the process of actually making sausage. And as long as Two Player are the ones who are actually doing it. So um, <laughs> they kind of sent us a very cryptic email saying, hey, are you guys interested in doing something for a really big project? I can't tell you what it is about. But I can say that it's going to be the biggest thing that you've ever had anything to do with. And uh, <laughs> no, no, not no, interested. No. <laughs> we sussed out that it probably was something Mega Man related. That was the only thing that we were able to gather from that. They didn't mention it, but we were kind of right. You that, could say that anyway. You're so, incredibly right. <laughs> yeah. How did you determine yeah. that it was Mega Man related? They said it had to do with a very big IP. That was all we could go on. So, so like, you're giving us Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with two-player, I, I honestly wouldn't doubt what they could have gotten their hands into at this point. They're pretty big names, so we're just kind of tagging along with anything that they do at this point. You guys worked together on the Mojang documentary, talking about Minecraft. And you guys actually developed some really wonderful Minecraft-related merch that was never allowed to hit the regular old internet shoppy. Yeah. <laughs> Ye old internet shoppy. I mean... <laughs> But, you know, the, the second time was a charm, though, because they were uh, they were involved with the Double Fine Adventure, which became Broken Age. And uh, we actually run the Double Fine store now. So and we haven't really developed much merch for it yet, but we're in the process with a few things. So it's actually coming together pretty well. Got anything for Brutal Legend? <laughs> yes, actually. I, yeah, I think I could probably say that we have... A vinyl coming out of the soundtrack. Oh, uh, holy <laughs> fucking shit! <laughs> Isn't it like a hundred forty songs? <laughs> I don't think all of those are on the, uh, are on the vinyl. It'd uh, be the largest yeah, vinyl you've ever seen. It's that, an octuple collection. <laughs> there need to be skulls on it, I believe. I'm skulls sure there. Are, and there's things. actually this really cool shirt that they made called the uh, Headbangers which isn't out yet. I don't know how long it's going to be until it does come out. I'm pretty sure they're going to approve it. Man, it's just like this really gross art style of these guys, presumably enemies from the game. I've actually never played Brutal Legend, so I actually don't know what this is referencing yet. <laughs> uh, it's just some guys like grabbing people and just headbanging them to death. Yeah, and it's yeah, wonderfully gory. And those, those are the headbangers for sure. That is exactly that's precisely what they do. <laughs> it's a common practice in that world. Fair that, enough. Let's well, do that's awesome. So um, Mighty Number no. 9 has got the Kickstarter up. It's got the list of all the, uh, the special items and everything. was wondering if um, you know, there's not too much specific information on like, the direction that Fangamer's going with the merch. Like You guys have, uh, are doing a game box for a game that doesn't have a physical property, but you guys have designed an actual box for the game. Like, What style of a box is it going to be? You know, what's the whole direction on the Mighty Number no. 9 merch? Well, right now we're, we're looking into, and we're not certain that it's not 100% yet, but the idea is since CD-ROMs and all that stuff, that's out the door at this point, screw that noise. Instead, we're looking into like flash drives that are in the shape of cartridges, like an old NAS cartridge or something like that. 
We don't know uh-huh. if it's going to work yet, but we're you know trying to figure out the logistics to where we'll just ship those things out, and that'd be pretty much the case. And it's an actual as well as something size. you'll be able to use later on. I just want it to be the size of an actual NES cartridge for when you plug it's, it in. Well, you could, we're looking into that, but I don't know if that's logistically... That, that uh, is the least useful uh, USB drive ever. I know. The actual USB, the, the flash drive, is in the shape of a cartridge. Yeah. But, okay. Scaled down, that sounds cute. where it'll actually still be able to be used. No, man, I scale mean, it up, make that shit bigger. <laughs> make sure the actual USB port is the size. Like, invent a new standard, and then so so, if, so you basically have to have something the size of a Genesis port to plug a new flash drive. I mean, alternately, we can just have it work like an external hard drive, where it just has an, an extra cable that you connect from the cartridge to your laptop or whatever. And just have it plug into the game genie, then have the game genie. Plug <laughs> Basically, uh, the, the convenience of a flash drive, you need to completely Ruin. Just, just ignore <laughs> that entirely. It has to be the least convenient flash drive. <laughs> no, but for real, it sounds awesome. I mean, a lot of the design stuff is being taken care of by their own art team, and we're just kind of making certain that it all looks good. Like the Mighty Number no. 9 shirts that we had to give out for packs, which we had approximately a week to order and get in and pack and all that stuff. That and was, they, they were uniquely numbered, right? Yes, they're all uniquely numbered. I'm actually wearing number 52 right now. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we were able new to 52? choose some of our own numbers <laughs> because, you know, why not? We're part of the team, I guess. That's a perk, man. That's what you... You earned it. <laughs> I, I have shirts 60 through 65. I'm wearing two of them right now. Well, I, I heard the 420 shirts up on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> shirt 69, yeah, shirt uh, 420. <laughs> Actually, uh, shirt 69 belongs to uh, a guy named Ben, who is their uh, North American contact guy, pretty much. Oh, their English-speaking member. Lucky dude. We used to call him Dirty Ben. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, he, would, he would get that shirt. Old, old Dirty Ben, he would wear that one. Really. I like shirt so, number nine. That one's actually painted with 24-karat gold. <laughs> that one actually belongs to KJ and Afune. He's oh, like, well, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, are you going to be actually selling these shirts or something similar at some point? Well, through the oh. Kickstarter, right? I think one through eight are in the Kickstarter, and all the rest of them are being given away by one person or another and they're never going to be for sale so uh Whoa. no you're out of luck if you didn't attend pax prime 2013 then Damn. you're out of luck too bad so i mean at some point you will have a mighty number no. nine merchandise in the store i assume we're hoping to i mean it's not a big rush right now just because i mean the game's not going to be coming out for another couple of years mm-hmm. so it's not an active license just yet but i mean this is pretty much our, our foot in the doors where we're like hey you we did all this stuff for you can we keep making stuff how was it being approached by somebody to work on a Kickstarter that was a sure thing? Because I think it's probably one of the first Kickstarters I've ever seen. Where, where you just like, no, yeah, you know it's, like, gonna it's like, hey, I'm start, I'm rather, I'm doing this thing, and I'm telling the internet, and they're going to give me the money in advance. <laughs> <laughs> no, by the time I finish this phone call, the money's already there. Yeah. So you know, like pretty much how it works. What was your company's response to that? Because Kickstarter kind of has a uh, weird has, reputation. It's a weird reputation. Well, I mean, we've ended up being a part of several Kickstarters that we thought we were going to be pretty, pretty surefire. Like any of them that we were involved with, we were pretty sure we we're going to make it. Even like some really, really small ones. Like we have this one called um, Undertale, which is by a guy named Toby Fox, who we just happened to be friends with. And it is a very small, interesting RPG idea that we were just like, you know what? I think I think we're going to it's going to work. So we get approached by Kickstarters literally at least once a week. Oh. Just to saying, hey, can you do this thing for us? And I have become an expert at telling people no. <laughs> so it's. Uh, can you pretty much tell at this point which ones you know are just going to fail? 
Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty. I mean, every once in a while I'm surprised. Like, how did, how did that make how did that get to its its minimum goal? I don't care that their goal was ten dollars. How did it get that far? <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, I'm, I would consider myself not an Kickstarter expert, but definitely a, a pretty good predictor. Sort of a Kickstarter Tradamus or something like that. That was a bad one. No, no, no. Yeah, it's it's been pretty wild being able to get in on all these things but uh the only problem with a bunch of kickstarters is that even though they're they're fairly easy work for us to just get all the information at once and just ship it out with our fairly automated systems it's still time that takes away from our own personal projects that we'd love to be working on so we're kind of trying to get a balance because we've been so unbalanced for the past probably year year and a half well what is new with fangamer what are you guys cooking up right now well, we actually have this really big project that we wish we were working on right at this moment, but we are waiting on some exciting news from a friend of ours who happens to currently be working in the offices of uh, Shigesato Itoi, the guy who Shut up. Earthbound. Shut up. Shut your damn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your damn mouth and tell me more. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly don't have more lips. to tell you other than the fact oh, that... Oh, he uh, can't say what anything. What a tease. <laughs> she's just, uh, I mean, she's she's a really awesome person who's like, she, she just learned how to speak Japanese and spent a few years in Japan and slowly worked her way into the uh, into the Shigesatsu Itoi offices, the uh, Hobonichi offices. Yeah, did what and, any dedicated Earthbound fan who knows Japanese would do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, though. She, she had to really try and strike a balance. She, she, she can't let them know that she's this raving fangirl. So she has to play it cool. She's like, yeah, I'm just... You know, I just really think that your your work as a uh, copywriter is really interesting. And I mean, it, it really is. I mean, he's just an awesome guy in general. And Earthbound was just you know the thing that we know about him on this side. But uh, man, she's getting getting involved in some stuff. And, and she has this secret that she's going to be telling us at the end of the month when she comes home. Because she's actually one of my roommates. I have a dreamy gaze right now, Charlie. I can't <laughs> wait to hear what she tells you. <laughs> and when, when, of course, when it becomes public knowledge. But we also have a because Earthbound came out earlier this year on the virtual console. We have a bunch of Earthbound related plans that are still not quite coming to fruition. But uh, like we have the PK Zine, which is uh, going to be accompanying a new Bad Dudes album called Psychokinetic, which. Uh, is sounding really awesome so far. There's at least one track probably available somewhere on the internet that you can actually listen to to see how that uh, that album is going. The Bad Dudes always are pretty awesome, so knowing that they're doing an Earthbound-related album is something to really look forward to, and we're going to be involved in that. What's the timeline for the uh, Earthbound scene you guys are working on? Well, actually, it's still taking submissions right now. Uh, we're going to be taking submissions until... November 1st. So you can get details about that at pkzine.tumblr.com and it's information for submissions and all that stuff. So once that's done, we're going to be putting that together. And I can expect it to be coming out uh, hopefully in January, but that partially depends on the bad dudes. Speaking of bad dudes, do you happen to have any merch related to the game, bad dudes? <laughs> we're bad. How about that? No, no, you like, beat each stage. Are, are like, you a bad enough dude to save the president? Every stage when you beat it, it goes, we're bad. <laughs> it's that really 8-bit shitty quality. You can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> just have that on like a little button you press and it pop, like it just makes the sound. <laughs> the, a little garbled. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy the shit out of that. Just, just make just one, I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you make those little sound drop keychains. That'd be awesome. Our consulting services are available at a reasonable yeah, yeah. fee. 8-bit <laughs> garbled noises keychain. I think the reason <laughs> 
It'd be great. You can have every Pokemon on one sound like keychain. That's you a just, huge does, keychain. It just, no, 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 man. It just does a random oh, one. Just a random you can't key. choose. You just press the button. Does a random out of all like what 400, 500 something. I don't even remember now. That's, That's a great way the copywriting will be ruin every movie forever. <laughs> Say, that's that's that'd be the worst way to play who's that pokemon it's like all right i'm gonna play a sound who's this pokemon uh, no, no, man, no, no, it's the 8-bit yeah they make, they make the game boy it'll be like oh no yeah you're right you're right <laughs> yeah no not that anime crap no no 8-bit great i don't i wouldn't even know any of them i know what all of them are what's missing number Missing number uses the sound that zapdos makes man she killed you yeah, <laughs> whatevs what about uh forthcoming merch from Fangame or anything that is announced that uh, that people should get excited for? Well, we do have a bunch of stuff that we made for packs that's going to be finally being put into the store probably by the end of the month at least, such as a, a new Earthbound shirt called Chosen 4 that was uh, created by Omocat, if people are familiar with uh, her works. Man, and then there's, speaking of Pokemon, I, I can't give too much information, but I'll just throw out the words Field Guide and you guys can... Mm. I like the sound of that. Does it come mm. with that little sidebar where you push the button and it makes a noise to turn the page? <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we're, it's That's in the editing phase. It's probably not going to be out this month, but uh, definitely by Christmas, maybe even by next month. Getting back to the topic of Mighty Number no. 9, Charlie, obviously we are living in a world of intense Mega Man deficiency right now so uh, mighty number nine is a breath of fresh air and i'm sure you've been following all the updates what are you most excited about for mighty number nine you know honestly it's weird to say it but i'm actually more excited about the two-player productions uh documentary than the game itself at this point partially because i really really suck at old mega man games (laughs) like i I rock at mega man x but old ones i I don't think i've ever beaten one so uh i'm more interested to see the whole process although if if mighty number nine ends up coming out a little bit closer to the mega man x side then that's also gonna be much more awesome so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be i don't know i mean i'm also really interested in seeing all the stuff that people come up with after the game is released because honestly there's already tons of fan art Right now, for Mighty Number no. Nine, even though it's still another two years out before it's actually going to be done. Yeah, fan art for characters whose concepts haven't even been finalized yet. <laughs> right, like uh, they actually have a Tumblr going on at uh, Mighty Number Nine dot where they just have all these really good. Some of it's really awesome. Some of it's obviously you know, some kid that decided to sketch, but that's okay because it's just. Really amazing all these things that people have put together already. So once it's actually out, it's hard to even imagine what's going to go on. It's like people are already picking their favorite robot masters. Or, or I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what they're going to be called in the game. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're, they're master they're robots. Yeah, they're, they're the mighty, mighty numbers. numbers. Mighty, number oh, the mighty, one, number, of mighty number one through eight. Well, um, Charlie, what's your favorite Capcom game? You can say Captain Commando. It's all right. <laughs> That's uh, a legit answer. I don't know. Like, there's I don't nothing know, wrong X4 with Skeptic. X4 keeps coming, coming to mind. Remember. X4 was... Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the one where you just get to play the entire game as zero and just beat crap up with a sword. So, yeah. I, I think that's probably it. Who's your favorite Robot Master? No, it's probably going to be Cutman because that's the only one whenever I was playing the original Mega Man that I could actually beat without having a power in the first place. And then I get lost and just get frustrated and quit the game. Um, <laughs> is Flashman the one that freezes you in time? Yes. What a dick. Yeah. I hated that boss so much. The good thing about Cutman is he had the best theme out of anybody in the original Mega Man. Yeah. Like that was the closest they got to Mega Man 2. Mm-hmm. So you felt even better when you beat him. I don't know. I mean, at that point, you're like, oh, good. The stage with the good music's over. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why you quit. He, yeah. like, Something about these other stages. I'm, I'm done. We did it. 
<laughs> I got through the best part of the game. Mm, when are you going to create a section for erotic merchandise? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can't even swear yet in our uh, in our own <laughs> podcast. So, to, to give you an idea of how that's going to go. Shucks. They're saying there's a whole untapped oh, market out there. Then I think you're missing well, out I, on. I think that's the market that Bad Dragon corners exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mighty number nine. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. They just sent you, you a toolbox. <laughs> it's it's an erector set. <laughs> that one hurt. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> then, then thank you, thank you, Charlie. Thank you so much. We'll have all the essential fan gamer links posted on this episode's page, and of course, Mighty Number no. Nine. Their Kickstarter is currently ongoing right now. There's going to be a documentary from Two Player. They update like constantly. If you haven't invested in this game, I, you're probably going to want it. Now's the time, so uh, get in on that. And uh, hey, be cool like me and uh, throw down to get that box with maybe a USB in it, maybe not, because. Um, Fan gamers kind of make the sexiest box for a game that has no physical cartridge you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we get back, we're going to talk more about Mighty Number no. 9 and uh, what we think about it. Right now, though, let's uh, let's cut to some music from Mighty Number no. 9, the Mighty Number no. 9 theme by Manami Matsumai. She's the original composer for Mega Man. She oh, did, wow. I she didn't did, know that. Yeah, mm. she did Mega Man, the score for Mega Man. Wow. And Big ups for Cutman's awesome. theme. Yeah, and obviously, like, uh, a female game composer, you'd think more people would know about her, but when, when, when have you ever heard of her? So That's why we're here, get the word out. <laughs> yeah, the only one I can think of that, that uh, was Castlevania's composer later. Right. Little known fact, um, Ma- Matsumai, whatever her name is, she actually helped create the Airman stage music because um, the, the creator who take, or the, the composer who took over, who does awesome music, got, like, went through a slump and they were stuck creating music and they had offices right next to each other ha, so she awesome. went over there was like i'll do this favor for you and then later on the the person who did the, the music for Mega Man actually did a favor for her and created an awesome awesome song for her to use in one of her th- games oh, i want to know what that conversation was like it's like i don't know how to write jazz and i need a jazzy song <laughs> <laughs> and so uh she's uh she's been releasing uh music periodically uh via the mighty number nine kickstarter sneak peeks to everything two player recently put out a a short video where they went to her home studio and talked about her developing themes for the game and her career rock on which is very cool so here's the mighty number nine theme by manami matsumai
So suffice it to say that uh, we're all really excited about Mighty Number no. Nine. I think we collectively lost our shit the day that that uh, Kickstarter went up. And man, I'm in, I'm impressed. You know the uh, the design for Mighty Number no. One, uh, the the Flame Dude. They really did a great job of taking you know a, a classic trope of like oh a fire robot and making it cool. You guys you guys all seen his design? No. It's uh he's basically like he's got these tough a tough ass head and some tough boots, but his uh, his actual body is he's kind of like uh sticks sort of because they're all flumes they all shoot like it's a uh, has holes in, all through it and it all emits a flame so he has a sort of like flame body that bulks out to the to match his head and uh and and legs pretty, pretty cool. rad yeah and uh they, they were they uh, recently released um mighty number no. three and she's a uh, electricity robot i say she because she's got a, a lady shape and she got boobies. some kind of some kind of robo boobs robo boobies <laughs> uh, important insulation compartments i'm sure they give milk to robo babies huh okay well you guys <laughs> didn't, you guys don't know that about robots I don't know. She, about lady robots to be more specific well yeah I, but i mean they're they're the same species <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, i gotta say these guys eight four the um localization group uh run the that are running the kickstarter they have a, a podcast that comes out every week and uh, they they've been running this thing with with concept and uh inafune-san getting this all together and it's great i mean they are i've never seen a kickstarter run this efficiently they've every single day of the week is a different uh, a different theme of a different kind of announcement. So they've got daily announcements every day except Saturday and Sunday. All kinds of material, incredible community interaction, and they're taking on like you know thousands upon thousands of comments a day. Obviously, the Kickstarter is doing really fucking well. It's just impressive. Don't really have much to add other than yeah, it's impressive, and I just can't wait to see more stuff. Like it's just they're they're making new stuff every day. Like you say, it's like well, we've only we've only seen so much, and there's much more. What I don't get is they made a mighty number one. Right. And then I've been looking through updates and there's a Mighty Number no. 3. Right. Where did where'd Mighty Number no. 2 go? Maybe they have a concept but not official art. I guess. Yeah. I, they're I they're, they're working on it. All yeah. this stuff is so I'm just saying, why wouldn't they make Mighty Number no. 3 a Mighty Number no. 2? Why wouldn't they just call it Number 2? Maybe they already have the... It was not made They might have way. the stages <laughs> planned out a certain way, but they don't have the concepts for Number 2. Planning ahead, really? Oh, they, they have a complex story that's uplifting to the robot spirit. <laughs> and that's... I mean, maybe it's ranked. Maybe it's maybe it's they're saying the, how how mighty they are. So mm. they know, like on a scale. Well, then number nine is obviously gonna be the best. Yeah, then, well, then you're then, gonna win. But you know what you don't what you don't know is that mighty number eleven is the uh, is the it's brother the final boss was the brother that you know that they all thought was dead. <laughs> <laughs> or that like mighty number six really is mighty number eleven. Oh, in disguise. No, don't even. That's <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. So uh, mighty number nine's name is Beck. And he has a, a female partner of some kind called Call. I heard he's a loser. <laughs> I am so sorry for that. Joke. <laughs> wait, 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 Why he's... don't you kill me? <laughs> so his name is Beck, and her name is Call. Yes, Beck and Call. Okay. Um, rock and roll. Yep. Beck and Call. Uh huh. <laughs> what's the, the dog going to be named? Well, Mighty Number Nine. Fast. Mighty Number Nine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mighty Number Nine's dog is going to be an attachment. It's going to be called Mighty. So when he, you know, morphs together, he's going to be Mighty Number K Nine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad about well, my they named the dog after they named the dog after the band Rush. So this so, is going to be called this is going to be Getty Lee the dog. No, it's or like, Emerson Lake and Palmer or Neil Neil Peart or Neil Toto. Peart. It'll be a cat named Neil Peart. Ah, <laughs> uh, done. Done. I like it. No, oh. that's after Cat Stevens. 
The cat, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a cat. It'll be a cat robot. The cat's name is Moonshadow. <laughs> Get digging deep into the Cat Stevens jokes. <laughs> That's okay. We're digging deep in the Rush jokes. We're digging deep in Neil Young. We're digging deep into everything. A salesman. Salesman. And Moon Unit Zappa is going to be <laughs> is going to be uh, the name of a super weapon that the bad guy's building. <laughs> So um, that was all bullshit. <laughs> like, we don't know what Nine Mighty Number no. Nine is going to do. Uh, th- I, what I've what I've heard rumored on the uh, on the podcast is that you know their podcast, not our podcast, is that the Mighty Numbers, the bosses, the robot masters of Mighty Number no. Nine. Uh, may actually have names themselves. They have yet to be decided. But I'm they, sure they will. They, have, they may, yeah. much like Beck, they may also have their own unique names. We're gonna. I think we may see bosses with way more personality than the robot masters themselves had. You know, like as far as on screen. Well, you can only do so much back in the day. Of course, know? of course. But I mean, even still, with Mega Man, uh, you know, nine and ten, the the modern versions, you still like it's still limited to the the tropes and. Uh, in many ways, we're, what I think we can expect with Mighty Number no. Nine is a game that has everything that we loved about Mega Man, with things that are just fantastic modern spins and expansions, and things that they wouldn't have ever thought to have done in the past, and then became confined by their own methodology. Mm. Uh, for example, Inafune-san, back in the day, he really wanted to make a point of seeing Mega Man's like hand swirl into the gun and then turn into the blaster, right? Well, Beck is like that to the nth degree. Everything he does is a transformation. A lot of the game is based around the themes of uh, robotic transformation. So whenever he uh, adapts someone's power, he himself, his body transforms. What I heard on the podcast also is that even if he's wall jumping, his body is reshaping himself as he's jumping to actually execute that jump. Hmm. That's like pretty it. sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Something robots should do anyway. Yeah, it sounds like, the, like visually this game is going to be constantly moving and really amazing to watch. So like I said, the Mighty Number no. 9 Kickstarter is doing really well, and it, it's great because in a, in a world with a Mega Man depletion, it's good to have some, something in the, in the vein of Mega Man mm-hmm. out there. As of right now, it's about 3,000 away from being on like all the mainstream consoles. I'm really glad it's making it to that goal. It's so. totally going to make it. I would like a Vita version, but I think I'm the only one who wants I mean, I'm a, I'm a PC gamer, but I want as many people to be able to play it as possible. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, right now, there's, um, there's two other Kickstarters relating to classic franchises, ones that have been long neglected, really uh, need to be mentioned yeah, right please, now. Yes, please, they do. Please be Marble Madness. <laughs> Marble, I fucking want a Marble Madness. It, here's what's, it, one of them is something that I have been saying for years on Nerdy Show. <laughs> one of them is something I've been saying for years since I was 12 years old. <laughs> River City Ransom. Yes, I remember. Okay, is, is I this, was told about is, this. Is, this is not, which is not the one that I've been talking about for years. Uh, River City Ransom Underground is coming out. It is an official sequel to River City Ransom. Yoshihisa Kishimoto, the original creator of Kunio-kun, the main character from River, from the get Japanese game that became River City Ransom, is uh, now associated with this game. He's not like the lead creative department on it, but it's got a bunch of people who were just in love with the classic game. You'll have that uh, a modern interpretation of that amazing non-linear action gameplay that's been uh, borrowed from so many times throughout recent years like things like the scott pilgrim game and everything uh it it's very true to its classic origins it looks so fucking good i'm so excited i was i was waiting for an opportunity to say that but you beat me to it (laughs) i'm I'm so excited for that i i played the hell out of the uh game boy advance version because i mean that was just a remake but it was a really good one they updated all the graphics and it looked nice so i've been wanting a new one ever since i played that i just love that you go excited you go into cafes and coffee coffee shops you're like 
I'll eat a donut. Ah, oh, plus one of stamina or something. You, know, like you get permanent stat boosts. That's what I, re- I really liked about the Scott Pilgrim game is that I didn't realize how badly I wanted to play River City Ransom. <laughs> yeah, it and makes you want to play that. It really does. Yeah, and so now we we can, and it looks so good. If you've not played River City Ransom, please just fucking download it and play it because it's amazing. I'm, it's probably like on WiiWare or something. It's really good. Um, the other one, and this is the one I have I have been talking about for years. Mutant League Football yes. is oh, coming back as Mutant Football League. The, the, <laughs> I never played it. Okay, here, here, you missed out. Here's the I'm thing. not a big fan here's of football, guys. You don't need to be. I didn't. I didn't own a Sega Genesis as a kid. I have never played Mutant League Football, but I won. Love and respect the concept because it much like you know Mario. What Mario Kart is to racing games, Mutant League always seemed like it was to football games. It takes this thing, the normal everyday thing, and makes it fucking fun and nuts. Because we all know football is not supposed to be fun. Well, it's, <laughs> people take it way too fucking seriously. Yeah. Everyday thing, monsters or football? The, what? No, the, the, um, neither the, monsters nor football I, are but fun. I I watched the animated series. <laughs> oh, there was which, which, which was the oh, the yeah. goriest, most fucked up thing on mainstream <laughs> network television. I remember people's eyeballs like exploding. It, it, like you run into it, they I two of them would run into each other in the field, and like one's head would explode. I don't know how off. they convinced the censors to they could get away with it. It's like. It's They're a, aliens. Yeah, it's it's That's like it's it's okay because uh because when they get dismembered and explode, the blood's green and they're still alive. <laughs> I remember decapitations in that show. Yeah, but they were still alive. Or like arms falling off. Yeah, but they wouldn't put them back on. It was just like they're just walking around with no arms. <laughs> Doomed. Yeah, that's it. It was pretty fucked up. So I, I think I think the concept, even without me having played the game, like speaks you know leagues. I just thought. What idiot isn't making a Mutant League game? But Josh, you've played it. Oh yeah. So Oh my god, it was one of my favorite games. Is it just like football? Yeah, it's it's exactly like football, except that um they throw curveballs in there. Like not literal curveballs. There's <laughs> <laughs> some baseballs in there. It's it's football but baseball. That's, that's <laughs> the only difference in Mutant League football. Uh no, but like the, the, the cool thing is like the teams were all were all uniform in, in the kind they were. It's like, oh like the the monsters from outer space, the skeletons, like, you know, they would all be on the same team. And each team had its own, like, unique attributes. But you'd still pick your plays. you still do do all that stuff. I didn't know anything about football when I started playing it. Like, not even the faintest bit. But, like, they have levels, like, where sometimes there's, like, landmines and stuff. And, and, if, and, if, and if... Just like real football. Right, but, 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 but when your players die, they, they're gone. Like, you can build them up and, like, you know, they, they, uh, you have players that you like because their stats are good. And then when they explode, <laughs> they're gone. But, but uh, the, the great thing is, like, you would, you would run over, like, a landmine when a bunch of people were, were on your running back. And then poof, everybody's gone. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then there was another level. My favorite one is in space. There's, there's just holes in the, in the, in the actual uh, the, the playing field. And you fall through forever, I guess. And, well, and, Josh, don't blow your wad on talking about Mutant League football just yet. Okay. Because... We're interviewing the creator, Michael Menheim, in next week's episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they made a spinoff called Mutant League Hockey, which yeah. was an okay hockey game. It wasn't as good of a hockey game as Mutant League Football was a football game, but the Zamboni was a giant slug. <laughs> <laughs> that's genius. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that is on Kickstarter right now. It was originally published through EA. They've been trying for over a decade to get another Mutant League game made, and everyone was telling them no. Well, they were fucking idiots. They're, this game is so dumb. Be, yeah, whoever turned this game down, you're a fucking moron. Really dumb. Yeah. For real. <laughs> uh, really dumb, like, for real. <laughs> uh, Mutant League football is back as Mutant Football League, the MFL. So... <laughs> 
That's so much better. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, FML. Football Mutant League? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you want. Anyway, so uh, one concluding thing. The uh, the genesis for this episode, like I said much, much earlier, was that uh, our, our Nerdy Show listener, Archaeus, requested us to do a Mega Man microsode. Uh, what what he said when he when you request this is he wants to, he wants to talk about Mega Man both the awesome comic and the terrible way Capcom's treated the creator since he left. Um, now of course I don't know that Capcom has actually treated Inafune-san poorly. I just know that we don't know what happened over there, and as a result, we haven't had any Mega Man games in quite some time. And now Inafune-san is making his own Mega Man game that is not Mega Man, but is is very different, but very in the spirit of the game. So you know, mm-hmm. take from that what you will. As far as the comics go. I haven't read them. Has anyone here read them? Barely. But the I, I, art's really cool. They I, did a good job. The art looks great. Yeah, I, I flipped through them at a comic shop, and it looked good, but I was too busy reading, like, Walking Dead and something else or whatever. But I, I, in all seriousness, I have heard good things. Like, I've heard, I have heard that if you are a Mega Man fan, uh, it, it gets the job done. Now, I know. Which Arch- comics are we talking about? Archie comics. Oh, okay. the, the, yeah, the ones that have been coming out from Archie over the, last, mm. the past few years. I know our dearly beloved Triforce Mike was actually really into it when it started. And of course, recently it had its big crossover with the Sonic comic, which has had say, everybody yeah. throw up our hands and be like, well, great, you ruined the Mega Man comic, Sonic. <laughs> um, I think the Sonic comic's been getting better. I haven't been reading it, but I've heard that it's been on the. Is there a robot bunny? Oh, yeah, bunny. Bunny's still in the She's comic. She's always there. Good. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what they've been doing with their continuity, but I did see on the internet that she is married to Anton, which is pretty lame. Well, what did you want him to end up with, Sally? <laughs> Can we just say Sonic comic a few more times? Sonic, Sonic comic. comic. Sonic. <laughs> I, 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 never, I didn't read the comic, but I, I did watch the cartoon show. Well, the Saturday AM uh, Sonic cartoon show was amazing. Well, I, I was talking did, about the Mega, Mega Man. Man. Oh. I did I watch that one, too. Dude, you know what sucks is the opening was the most badass shit I've ever seen. It was seen. also the only one that had an animation budget was yeah. the opening. Yeah, 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 yeah. and then the rest of the show is really like like four frames well, a second. That's true. It's like yeah. every cartoon it's from true. that entire decade. Well, the, the first episode. I'm just saying. The first episode, the pilot, was, was, was animated well, but it's just so stupid. I love that <laughs> Song. It's stupid, but I did enjoy it at the time. <laughs> much like much like Mutant League football, I really enjoyed it. Though, yeah. though Mutant League actually did have episode to episode continuity, which is pretty uh, different for the time. I guess the, Mega Man did too, to an extent. It, it's we, we they recently put it together a compilation of every time Cutman is on. That's every, every fucking yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Every, but, like ten yeah. times. An no, episode. No, no, it, but it's, it's but called it, Cutman it, is incompetent. <laughs> yeah, whatever Cutman in the cartoon fires his his weapon, it bounces off of. It like, never works. <laughs> <laughs> but when Mega Man gets it, it's unstoppable. It, it goes, and it that's goes all he through, gets every episode is yeah, like Cutman's weapon. It goes through steel. It uh, like goes through steel barrier, breaks bricks, like titanium. Uh, yeah, titanium. Uh, 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 it cuts will, a plane in half. It will chase you. It, will, <laughs> yes, it, 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 it turns will corners ch- and chases yeah. you. It, it, it will fly up, cut a chandelier, and then fall and 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 crush it you. It has and, a mind of its own. And then chase you after that <laughs> if you survive. Yeah, Come and shoots and hits a wall and make like a funny noise. Like yeah, boy, yeah. Boy, yeah. No, the, one, one of the best is that a big rock monster that was like a robot, but with a rock, like, serious skeletons walking at Cutman, and he's like. He's like, watch out for Cartman! And he like... <laughs> he I love his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That fucking... I'm paper dolls out of you. Yeah. And he, he, uh, he, he points it and he's like, this is going to be sheer delight. And fires it and just goes, tink, and bounces off the guy's face. And then later, he fires it and just somebody has a hose and just sprays it. <laughs> and when the it water sh- stops it. Yeah. The water not only stops it, when it changes direction, it goes through everything. Like, it's <laughs> just like the water pressure from the water so pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the worst cartoon physics I've ever seen. <laughs> At one point, he's riding a, a robotic 
T-Rex. <laughs> and he still can't this do This is actually, anything. everything we've described makes me want to watch it. <laughs> like, if this came out now, I'd be like, that's fucking amazing. Watch, watch the clip. It's amazing. Uh, we'll we'll it's link to it on this episode's page. That, that, is, that is incredible. Yeah, what's, what's up with um, that trope in, in cartoon shows, especially at the time of like the necessity of having like a Bebop and Rocksteady, a Bulk and Skull. Like, Except the, that's the, all they were in Mega Man. Every Robot Master was a Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, and and <laughs> Proto Man was a creepy Except rapist. Except for Pharaoh Man. In that Pharaoh Man know, was kind well, of a Pharaoh badass. Man got shit done. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one clip of Pharaoh Man being a badass. He goes to a, uh, uh, he's like walking in, in a building and I think Mega Man's hiding in some water. Something like he, that, yeah. And he jumps up and just puts his hand on Pharaoh Man's head and takes his, his weapon. He's like, ha, I got your weapon. And Pharaoh just punches him. <laughs> Straight up death. Yeah, doesn't, even, yeah. doesn't even need it. <laughs> well, that's, that's really cool. And I, that's when the show became too violent and it got canceled. I, I, uh, I really, it was really cool for me as a kid seeing, uh, like, you know, that one episode where Mega Man X, like, happened mm. in there. That was... Uh, you know, you assume that that fan service would happen sooner or later, but it's cool that actually, you know, they went for it. They said Vile shows up and, and starts. Yeah, starts like, yeah. It down. Vile comes mm-hmm. from the future, and he's he just looks like Purple Boba Fett and <laughs> being a badass. Purple Boba Fett with Predator's cannon. Yeah. No, I mean the, the Mega Man cartoon had its failings. How about the the American Darkstalkers? That was miserable. <sighs> Jesus I haven't even Christ! Seen that. But we, weirdly, it's horrific. Weirdly <laughs> enough, Boy Wizard looks like Harry Potter. What the fuck? The psychics? <laughs> I saw one episode of that show. Never watched it again. I don't even know what we're talking is about. I'm, here, I'm here for Mega Man. I'm not here for any other. Just is, on the Capcom <laughs> side, whatever. All I remember is Lord Raptor on the beach drinking like a margarita and just like laughing. <laughs> I can watch that on loop. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we haven't we haven't read the Mega Man comics. Not not many of them anyway. Um, but but I yeah, I've, I've heard very good things. I've heard very good things. <laughs> uh, we'll link to where you can pick some up. Uh, why the hell not? All right. So now that we've been, we've heard everyone else's opinions, we've had some time. Do each of us have a favorite robot master, or at least one that we just kind of like a lot? Doesn't have to be like all time ultimate favorite. Bubble Brand, Man, you're, you're, right now. Bubble Bubble Man. I don't know why he just he looks sad. He looks like he doesn't really want to be where he is, but he's forced to. He has to fight <laughs> he Mega was Man. Created with Does... this horrible body. But he, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look evil. He's. He, uh, he's he's not a bad guy. Actually, so, something I should mention: we're talking about these robot masters. Someone on the on the, our Minecraft Nerdy Show's Minecraft server of awesome, uh, they created an entire display that goes on for miles and miles of Minecraft miles of every single robot master from every single Mega Man game. Jesus, uh, huge sprite displays. Uh, so that's definitely something to check out that's if you're awesome. ever on the server. Hats off to you, sir. I don't know if I have a, a favorite specific. Um, there are no bird-related ones because I would pick a bird-related one until X. <laughs> until, until X, X yeah. but in the originals or uh, Poop Man. Originals, yeah. <laughs> I, I would pick Sheep Man because it's a sheep. That awesome. fight is actually it's really great. I do like Sheep Man, but like the one that used to creep me out, which was Metal Man, because every time I played his stage and you know the little eight-bit thing comes across, it says Metal Man. He was wearing like a doctor's mask. It looked like he's wearing a mask covering mm-hmm. his face, and he had the little metal thing that doctors used to wear on their mm-hmm. head. And so the whole time I was like Metal Man, but he's. A, He's a doctor robot, and then I'd get to the boss fight, he takes out giant blades, and his doctor's just chucking fucking saw blades at you the whole time, and the whole time I'm like, I don't understand why he's doing this. And, you know, and that's the story of the worst chicken pox <laughs> yeah. that you know, he's ever had. In, the, uh, in Heodine's Metal Man song, there's this line that's in English where he's like, I am Metal Man, no, I'm not a dentist. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like. And the rest yes. of it's in Japanese. <laughs> Except for the, I'm Metro Man. 
My heart is made of metal. Well, there are always little bits in the chorus, but there's just this random part in the middle. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks he looks like a doctor slash dead. But it used to creep me out because I didn't understand why a doctor bot was throwing fucking blades at me. I never wanted to go to the doctor. The sound of the blades, too. It was like, yeah, it was 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 pretty fucking great. You just imagine him screaming, is it safe? The whole time. (laughs) Well, that's pretty much it for me. There's a lot. um, I'm sort of torn between uh, Galaxy Man. Because uh, he just, I just like what he represents. He's funky too. Yeah, he's the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> just just like this dark space stuff. But I may have to go with Airman just because I think it would make a just the idea of of a robot fighting another robot, but the robot has a giant fan, so it's like you're fighting. I don't know. It it the, <laughs> it, it paints a, in the game. It's not visually that cool of 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 a, of a fight. But in my head, it just seems way cooler. Well, it's also like his his power is really rad too. Like if you if you really break it down, he shoots multiple tornadoes yeah. out of his arm, and they stay stationary until he uses his fan to move them. Yeah, like that's kind of scary if you think about it. <laughs> to move a tornado. Well, just, 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 just something about a giant walking turbine with no face. I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of true. it's kind of cool. To it me. would actually be scarier if you. That could. is very cool. I, I mean, do like it's horrifying even if you take away the goofy eyes. Wait, yeah. could, he, could he suck you in? I forget. Could he do it in reverse? I don't remember. I mean, because he's a giant turbine. Yeah, this is the thing. It's a giant. Like you know, you got oh the dentist thing, like which is creepy. You know, to I admit it, but it's like. The, the, even more so than like Gutsman or anything else, this guy it just looked like he had no soul. Like he, just, he was just, he had an emotionless, not oh, I looking think he's like the only one who doesn't have a, a face. He's just yeah, he's yeah. yeah. There's no smile. He's there's just, no it was eyebrows. Like, like just the like a mach- he's a cold machine. Yeah, just, just something that was just epic and big and just monstrous. He was like the most like a monster out of all. Yeah, all the other ones are like smirking or something. Yeah, or, exactly. And he's yeah. just like frowning, eyes, man. eyes on top of blades, and that's it. Like <laughs> it's kind of terrifying. Are you guys familiar with Charge Man? I've seen him. Wait, is is he the one with the plug on his head? He's a big fucking train. <laughs> oh yeah, he's from X, isn't <laughs> he's he? He's from Mega Man Five. Five? Yeah. Me- X is all animals. Uh, I mean, also if we're if we're including Mega Man X, I can tell you some cool oh, damn animals. Oh yeah, Charge Man. Uh, like you know, like the fucking Mandrill from from Mega Man X, really <laughs> cool. Um, but I mean, uh, this the penguin. The, I, I love I love Charge Man because he's a big stupid looking train and he throws coal at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a lot. Okay, there's a Dust Man. I mean, come on, there's a lot of fucking. There's a Centaur Man. Tomahawk Man. <laughs> I, mean, I just a, saw on the thing. There's Junk Man. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we need another robot. We're going for fucking, I don't know, junk man. We're going for scary. Junk at you. What about what about fucking Skull Man? Like Skull he, Man, I didn't never find him that scary. His, his level is a necropolis. <laughs> like yeah, well, his level's scary, but the idea is just like I'm wearing a skull, so fear me. It's like, dude, you what was more creepier were those guys at the end of three? Like that looked like skulls had mm-hmm. skull faces and robots, and they would take the form of other robot masters. It's true. Those were creepy. All right, so all right, so we got our favorite. What, what, well, what oh, did you sorry. say, Josh? My favorite's Heat Man. Because yeah, like I, I remember, even as a kid, it's like yeah, he he well, looks like he, he'll throw though. he'll throw like little little blobs of fire at you, but then he surrounds his body in flame and warps across the level, and it just it just made me think that this man is made of the atomic age. He's terrifying. Did it, did anyone have a robot master they thought was stupid? Top man. Well, yeah, there are a lot of yeah. stupid yeah. ones. The one, yeah, the one like, I picked, Charge Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your favorite I, and the dumbest. That's top why man I like just him. throws spinning tops at you. Like what? What could he have been created but for? Could, Hanukkah? I don't understand. Set aside a whole like uh, a whole section of Mega Man uh, bosses that are just basically Island of Misfit man. Toys. Because I, I, I admit I have not played every Mega Man game, so I don't know what I think the dumbest one is. But out of the ones I played, was it Baseball Man? From like, oh from like number nine. nine, yeah, yeah. No, that, like, guy, that was that was good though. It, no, yeah, the gameplay yeah. was great, but I'm just like, dude, 
baseball man? Well, Mega Man 10 had Pump Man. He's a he's a pump. He's an old timey pump. What a vacuum man. But at least that's like a machine in some way. But it's like Wiley's sitting there in his giant, you know, flying fortress. Like, what will I make? Well, that's what that will crash is the robot spirit sheep man. Sheep well, these, man. These are all lights robots. <laughs> these are all lights robots that have been turned against everyone, right? I, not well, not, not the first one. Not really? The first I thought one. they were all just like useful bots in doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe only that, only in the first. One. That would be a more practical explanation, Brandon. Sadly, it's not the truth. Oh, <laughs> it's just the first one, really. Like Wiley built a baseball man robot. It's like after well, the, the Japanese the Japanese take baseball very seriously. Yes, but, but, but oh, Strike Man from Ten. Strike Man. Strike Man. I'm just like, sir. After all of the robots you've built, fire, heat, needle, sword. I mean, all these weapons. Strike Man. It's like with baseball themed. I, well, I don't, he, he, what did you expect? He has, train, he has concrete, man. He trains you to hit it out the park. I mean, he's a very if 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 it wasn't created by Doctor Wiley, if it was a robot master that was corrupted by Wiley, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. In the later ones, it was they were all uh, Robenzia. Well, uh, well yeah, Roboenza. Roboenza. That's it. Yeah. I that, well, I was going to say in the later ones, I think there are ones where. I mean, in everyone, it's oh, Doctor Wiley and Doctor Light are working together again because he's reformed, and turns out he's not. No, no, so surprise. I think I think in in a lot of them there are that way, but I know that definitely in Mega Man Two, Wiley just created those. Yeah, robots. those were revenge straight because they were they yeah. were cool and they were used for destruction. Everything yeah. else, is like why would he create Concrete Man? He literally just makes concrete. <laughs> that's not really an evil purpose. He could build a building with it. I mean, that's not this fortress. Splash Woman. There's a woman who goes in the water. It's crazy. Well, she's got a trident. She's a mermaid. She's the robot mermaid. What's she do? She does have a trident. She's uh, in the water. Hornet Man will shoot hornets at you. With, well, with the Bull Man, you know, has revenge. Like, is like, what haven't I thought of yet? This will get him. It's like, I don't remember Tengu Man, but he's an eight. He's just a, he's just a Tengu. Yeah. You know, it's Toad, Toad Man was pretty to stupid. Which Toad one? Man? Toad Man. He was. Toad I, I love toads and frogs, but he just sucks. <laughs> he just hops He's there. just terrible. <laughs> and Bright Man just, you know, makes things bright. <laughs> I don't understand the purpose of Pharaoh Man. Like, what, what was he made for? You, you have to go into a pyramid yeah. to get to him. Yeah, just leave him in What there. is he desecrating? He just lives there. I don't <laughs> understand. Is, so, wait, so here's, here's, I mean, here's a dumb question. Did he ever build, like, an. Other than, like, the Forte or base, Treble and Bass, was there, like, an anti Mega Man? That was like a shadow Mega Man, like an anti thing that was like that was like specifically made to be like the anti Mega Man. That was that was base. <laughs> like before that, before that, I'm trying to think because like there was the when because in Mega Man, like at the end of Mega Man well, games, there are there are shadow ver- yeah where you have to fight yeah, against a Mega exactly. Man exactly. Yeah. Like you have to fight the like you already beat Guts Man, but then you got to fight like a clone of him or whatever at the mm-hmm. end. Was there like I can't remember if they ever had to fight like a shadow. I don't. You, there definitely you is, is at least one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember which one. Uh, yeah, that definitely happened. Obviously, he's not as good as Mega Man because you beat him. Right. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, or, or, or you Wily built it, so or you, you know, get mad and stop playing, like <laughs> most people. <laughs> just make him unbeatable. Now I gotta fight myself. This is bullshit. It's like the end of the Zelda game, Zelda mm. Two, where you fight the Shadows Link and you can't fucking kill him. <laughs> it's like there's an old man who's getting, and suddenly you're fighting yourself as the like the, the final boss. Mm. Or is it the final boss after the Firebird so, thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever it's played. I can't beat it. Anyway. Anyway, we're going to wrap up our conversation on yeah. Mega Man. Thank you so much, and thank you to Arceus who suggested this originally as a microsode. And, Thanks, dude. And can fate, it turned it into this gigantic nerdy show prime. Um, right now we have a role-playing uh, support drive going on right now. You can choose the next... RPG one-shot will play a, t- a tabletop role-playing system of your choosing for a, a one-shot 
podcast. We actually have a feature this week. Some of our hosts have put forth short bios of characters. If a certain system is chosen, they will play. So if you read these and you think, oh, that sounds cool, you won't, you're not just backing a system, you're backing a host and they're, they're the gleam in their eye of trying to, to make their crazy thing a, uh, a, reality. a reality. And I mean, Doug, you gotta, you're playing a, uh, you want to play a kung fu uh, chimpanzee. Yeah. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be a chimp. It could be just a It's a tail, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It could be any, um, um, you know, the. but just read, read the bio. Read the description. You know, see if you like it. I think it's, I'm, I'm excited to play it. Definitely check those out on the page. And I uh, got to give shout outs to the awesome people who have supported us so far. So there was a big paradigm shift in the support drive within the last week. Things got crazy, and it's all because of one nutso-awesome fan named Tolan. He said, I haven't donated in a while, and I want Call of Cthulhu to um, I want Call of Cthulhu to win. So he met the current donation level for uh, Call of Cthulhu, which was at $206. He said, I'll see your $206 with $206. And in doing so, he unlocked the unreleased D&D episode... And uh, Call of Cthulhu has a huge lead right now. Now, the contest is not over, and there is still more than enough of a chance for a system to top that. But it's all about banding together now. It's all about alliances, and we'll see if there's maybe a war between the Fireflies and the Star Rex and the Dresden Files to beat them uh, old ones. Just don't let Gamma World get voted off the island. Yeah? You got him for Gamma World? (laughs) I'm getting him for Gamma World. So, um, here's what Tolan said. People can support whatever RPG they like, but ultimately they will find their minds filled with that horrible clarity that comes with the realization that no matter what they do, Dread Cthulhu shall rise. And when that happens, the liberated Olun will teach us new ways to shout and kill and revel and enjoy ourselves. And all the earth will flame with a holocaust of ecstasy and freedom. Should be a good episode. Until then, Fagnule Megwalmuth Cthulhu Rayeth Waganai Fatang. Tolan. Benjamin Mudd came in and supported Firefly, a bold move. Bryce Harris said, for Cthulhu, props to Tolan for rising to Callus's challenge. Callus is uh, the primary backer for Firefly. James Hickson came in and said, here's a Scooby snack for Call of Cthulhu. Uh, Jerome Appel says, been listening to you guys since season two. I love everything you do, especially Dungeons and Doritos and Ghostbusters. I would like my 10 bucks to go towards Call of Cthulhu. Let the awesomeness begin. And dude, let... That's awesome that like it's we've had a lot of people coming out of the woodworks, this support drive saying, hey, I've been listening to you since like practically the beginning and we've, we've never heard from it before. And that is so cool. Like, I'm so glad to hear from you guys. And thank you so much for uh, for supporting the show and the network and, and all the crazy shenanigans we get up to. Uh, we exist solely because you guys make us exist. And we love hearing from you. Hey. Please say this. Please don't be silent anymore. Yeah. Tell us we do exist because we don't know. We, we, we don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a good achievement. A guy who's been listening to us in season two, like with uh, the two shows he mentions, one of them's Ghostbusters, one of our newer shows. Yeah, I'm stoked about that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Most people can hear my terrible puns anytime they want. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they just don't take advantage of it. And I don't I don't know why. So if you exist, let us know. <laughs> So, if your RPG of choice is now under the might of Call of Cthulhu, can you still win? Yes, you can. But you should definitely try to organize on the Nerdy Show forums. You should definitely band together, because there's no other way to overcome odds like this. The good news is, the thing that everybody wanted to unlock, it is unlocked. However, of course we would incentivize. There is a new unlockable at $1,200, and that is deleted scenes and outtakes from the unreleased D&D episode. So, adventure awaits, and uh, guys, thank you so much for all the amazing donations. We are razzle-dazzled. 
Yes! If you want uh, a Nerdy Show microsode, which, you know, via certain circumstance could turn into something like this, all you got to do is hit the $100 mark, every successive $100 mark, uh, in our monthly support drives, and you could pitch us a topic, and we will do a show about it of some length. And maybe um, it'll turn into a massive it, prime show for it, no reason. It could happen. No <laughs> promises, but uh, freak, freak accidents like this do happen. Uh, so... Uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Josh. Bye, I'm Jonna. Taking us out, we have a classic. Uh, Doug, you said this track was the was something that got you back into Mega Man. Yeah, because well, well, I again I hadn't I didn't play it a lot when I was younger because I got easily frustrated, wanted to play an easier game. But uh, I guess it was around 2007, 2008. I discovered uh, this video on YouTube of Dwayne and Brando singing a song about singing a rap about Mega Man, uh, and I was like, hey. That's right, Mega Man was pretty cool. And this kind of got me back into the vibe and got me thinking about Mega Man again, so yeah. Yeah, so here we have a, a Mega Man classic, Mega Man 2 by Dwayne and Brando.
German bastard! You will never make it through my fortress, Mega Man! I'm taking over the world! <laughs> Shit, come on, boys, we gotta make it through the castle! Fuck the ladder and make it to the battle! Dr. Light needs my help and the world needs his genius! While he gets like a penis, you just jump all over the roof! by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, my footmen, and the generous support of listeners like you. How nice it is that you have money to give. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, or making a contribution in our monthly support drive, which helps our valets. Very much so. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. For more episodes of Nerdy Show as well as other fine programming, community forums, videos and articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store. And for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. We can save the Abbey together. He's Wikipedia in the answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Who looking is at my list favorite. Top, popular robot <laughs> masters. Well, he's taking a personality quiz to find out which robot <laughs> yeah. masters. On OK Cupid, you're going to look on OK <laughs> Cupid to do a personality I, I'm quiz. An, I'm an ENTJ. <laughs> <laughs> Sniper Joe. Is my favorite robot master. <laughs>